This episode of the... Uh, well, now I get to, to do a redo. Uh, this episode of the Full Nerd is sponsored by AMD Radeon Boost. Uh, are you looking for ex- extra frame rates for 100% free? Uh, you can have that with Radeon Boost, a revolutionary software feature exclusive to AMD's Radeon GPUs and select titles like Fortnite, Cyberpunk 2077, and Warframe. Just open up your Radeon software, click on the graphics menu, and toggle on Radeon Boost. The feature reduces shading levels uh, only in only the areas of a scene where your eye never looks at. Frame rates increase up to 50% or better during movement with zero noticeable impact on what you actually see. It's like magic. Radeon Boost just plain works. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Windows 11 features hardware requirements and more. Welcome to uh, Full Nerd. The Full Nerd. Good job there, Gordon. <laughs> Episode 182. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brett Charkas. Talking about Windows 11, as you can see from my background, I'm coming at you live from the Pacific Northwest. All kinds of relevant. Yes. Uh, our Microsoft expert, Mark Hawkman. Hey, guys. As you can see from my background, I've been pretty much living in Windows 11 for the past couple of weeks. So we're going to hear more about it today. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to learn about Windows 11 and uh and all the cool features we we talked about in the in the pre-show that that did, did Microsoft really turn it up to 11? Is this is this the 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 heavy metal version of Windows 10? I'm I'm ex- I don't know. I'm excited. It's a prettier version of Windows 10, I think, in my opinion. But uh, it's definitely, uh, I think the heavy metal has kind of come down from the, the fact that the messaging hasn't quite been what Microsoft expected to be. And we're going to talk about that, I guess, a little bit later on. All right. So. Well, let's, let's talk about the features and what uh, what's new, stuff, stuff yeah. we like, you know, things like that. Okay. So Windows 11, obviously, is sort of the next iteration of Windows 10. Uh, for those of you who have seen it, and that's probably most of you, you sort of realize at this point in time that it's sort of a graphical update to uh, Windows 11. Remember that Microsoft had been talking about sort of Sun Valley and sort of the rounded corners and transparency and so forth, things that they intended to bring into Windows or Windows in general. Uh, and then we're seeing some of those in, in Windows 11. So, you know, it's clear, um, and again, we can talk about this a little bit later, that the rollout of Windows 11 hasn't exactly gone according to what you might think of as the the, the plan, whereas to say that we sort of talk about, hey, Windows 11 exists. There's a, a, a some, you know, some some talk about it from Satya Nadella. Uh, uh, we see a preview build, and we sort of go merrily on our way until it launches sometime in the fall. So <clears throat> things, you know, have changed. We saw that preview build early. Uh, we were told that that preview build was, in fact, sort of uh, incomplete. And what we did see with the official build is that's true. We are seeing some more things, and we're going to see some more features roll out as it gets closer to launch. So um, I'm not going to share my screen. Um, I'm actually running this on Windows 11. So if things go wonky, uh, <laughs> I can blame the operating system. Um, but um, I'll just give you sort of my subjective opinion. Uh, we have a leaked Windows 11 uh, video on the on, on the on the site. Uh, we should have a uh, video coming fairly soon um, from the official build as well. And we also have a hands-on on, on uh, PCWorld.com as well. So I think that... Um, so you're probably familiar with Windows 11. It starts out with sort of a centered version of the taskbar. The start menu is, uh, you know, has a few uh, sort of uh, 
redone icons as well. It's it's basically Windows 10X, uh, and that's 10X was the operating system that was originally intended to take on Chrome OS and Chromebooks, and then Microsoft decided, eh, it's not going to work so well. We're going to pull it back into Windows. So you start out with there, um, and that's that's the first impression that I get. Um, I'll tell you that um, I've gone from at least in my subjective experience from, from windows 11, I actually kind of like the centered icons. Um, I really did like the live tiles within windows 10, but the windows 11 icons are growing on me somewhat. Um, the start menu, I don't like as much. It's just kind of feels blah. The icons aren't that, that, that exciting. Um, I, you can't resize I, yeah, just, that sort. Just to hop in for a second there. Yeah, I just, I, re- I really like the centered icons in theory. I have not played with windows 11 yet myself. But looking at the screenshots, reading all your excellent work, you've had a ton of stuff go up this week. Uh, as someone who likes to use ultra-wide monitors, it's actually a pain in the butt to have to go like, oh, all the way over there. Let me find the start button. As someone who likes to use ultra-wide monitors, I actually really am into the idea of the centered icons but in the taskbar. I do it too. The only thing I don't like is the lack of muscle memory because with Windows 10, you just know, you just go right down that lower left-hand corner and there's your start menu. With here, you sort of have to manually fiddle with it. Um, as the icons, whoops, I'm going to whack my mic. <laughs> as the icons move around, uh, you know, the, th- the start button moves off to the left more. And so you have to manually f- hunt for that. And I don't like that bit. That's oh, yeah, I'm that's saying. weird. Yeah, that, I don't, that, I mean, to me, that feels like you're breaking a major, I mean, that, that lower left start button has been built up for 30 years right. or more. So I, I'm just surprised that. They would break one of sort of like the major UI elements of Windows since the right. beginning. Now you you can adjust that. There is a taskbar setting. You can actually push that right back over to the left hand side. So if, oh. you're, if it really annoys you, you can make that that change. But the default is the sort of the centered bunch of icons in the center. Perfect. So that's a perfect um, solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the, that's the way to do it. Is let people set it up the way they want. Unlike right. some companies. And by the way, I'm just going to blather on. I mean, I. I've been living this stuff for a long time now. So cut me off, interrupt me as you see fit. So, um, so that's the start menu and that's the, um, um, you know, that's the, that's the task where, as, as we mentioned before, Cortana is essentially gone. Uh, she was a face of windows 10. Uh, she's now an app. She's not even an app that you see you have to sort of load the app, uh, but you can still do anything you want with Cortana. She's always on, always listening. If you want to enable that function, she just doesn't have that quite level of, uh, functionality she did with Windows 10. So uh, you can click the start icon. There's no start bar or, any, or uh, search bar anymore. You can start, or you can, so you can click the the search icon, get to your searches, search the web, search your documents. Um, uh, how do you like that? I haven't. I, I, I use the search bar a lot, so I'm just. I don't. I always just hit this. My way of launching an app, and other people might do the same thing. Is I just hit the Windows key and then type in the name of the app, um, <laughs> and that's just again, my muscle memory. So I haven't, I don't think, honestly, I've done a single search in the search bar on the search with a search icon for, you know, anything. Me neither. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I definitely have never used it because it ain't never worked. Like you could <laughs> tell, like you do the search bar to look for like notepad. It'll like, it goes away and finds nothing to me. It's just <laughs> yeah. There's this third party ad called everything. That's actually yeah. way better than the window mm. search. Yeah. Yep. That to me was one of the failures of Cortana was she didn't do her job. So <laughs> do your job. Uh, now she's fired. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Mark. Real quick. Cut. 
to to go back to the the doc thing, some there's some cute confusion. Uh, people in there are are asking, uh, will you be able to move uh, the dock from the center to the to the left or right? Uh, you know, put it back. In yeah, its, there is in its place. Okay. You can. You can go ahead and right-click the taskbar, and then it'll take you to the taskbar settings. And then there's an option to turn it to the left as well as the center. Uh, the one thing that the taskbar doesn't allow you to do that Windows 10 does, and I'm not sure how many people actually do this, but you can't. The taskbar is stuck at the bottom of the screen. You can't run the taskbar oh, on the left-hand okay. side of the screen or the right-hand side of the screen. It'll start at the top of the screen. It's down at the bottom for right now, and that's where it's going to stay. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, every once in a while, I would be like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fancy. I'm gonna put it over to the left side." And then I'm like, "Eh, actually, I don't kind of like that. I'm gonna go back to the bottom." But that's, I didn't know that they completely yeah. took that out. Huh. It's a little ironic because Edge just put in their vertical tabs to the left hand side of the screen. So <laughs> if you, you kind of like that arrangement, you can't do that with Start. So, yeah, which is a shame, but that's it. That's the way it is. So. Um, all right, so the one thing, there's a few things that we haven't seen before in Windows 11, at least as far as the leaked build is concerned. And again, these are visual updates um, and they're changes, but, and some of them are functional and some of them are, some of them are, are visual. The one thing that strikes me the most is the settings app. Um, and you'll have to sort of just take a look at that yourself as well as our, you know, hands-on in the, in the video and so forth. Um, settings has now been redone to make it a heck of a lot more useful. Um, it's, it's, it's a better design. It's got little, um, what they call sort of, uh, names just escape me. It's got a little, uh, 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 birdseed, I guess. No, that's not exactly right. Anyways, it's got, it's, it's just, it's just a, um, it's more easy to navigate. Um, there are things that you can do, for example, in the, uh, personalization settings where you have six new windows 11 themes. And before you would always have to select manual, select dark mode and light mode. If you select a dark theme, it kicks it into dark mode automatically, which is nice. Um, I kind of like that. It's, it's really, uh, just a nice little convenience. Um, you can go to the battery settings and see battery settings represented graphically that we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, we use these command line utilities within Windows 10 to sort of track the battery life of a particular laptop. And you do get some of that graphical representation in those command line uh, setting in those, in that command line. Now that's being brought into settings. You can see a little bit more how your PC is interacting and what, when it's on, on sleep and hibernate and in active mode. Um, game mode is turned on by default. Um, there's just a lot of little things within the settings menu that are kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I have a follow on question unless you're sure. going to continue. No, absolutely. Uh, so one of the weirdest things to me about windows 10 is how, control panel is still there like i'm ah, surprised yeah. they haven't made a more concerted effort to just get everything into settings is control panel still there in windows control 11? panel is still there yeah that's right that's one of the things i haven't noted in my hands-on and i apologize for that yes control panel is still there and one of the things uh in fact it's the, the video i just shot actually uses control panel like first and foremost because if you only <laughs> listen to like the windows 11 sounds there's that's all on control panel not in settings so yes it's still there yeah actually well, a, lot, a lot of people in the chat were asking to go away that, though brad yeah because i like for me one of the things that annoys me about Windows 10 is trying to get to control panel, which every time they do a new version, they push control panel further down into That's the right. basement, you know? Right. And, I, and I, I just want everything in one place. I don't care where it's at. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, it's still scattered. It's still a sort of this two-headed monster uh, within <laughs> Windows 10 and 11. So, yeah, I don't really care either way. I just want... You know, I wanted to go to, I want them to decide upon one thing too. And it's still there. Um, I haven't looked really deeply at control panel and see what the difference is between settings and control panel. But 
you know, like I said, still okay. there. Yeah. Okay. So. Thanks. Um, the other thing, we've got two more things to sort of talk about to major tweaks, uh, notifications. If you slide your cursor down to the right-hand corner of your screen, the lower right-hand corner, you get that notifications panel in windows 11. The notifications are still there, but the quick settings at the bottom of the screen that are there in windows 10 are gone. Um, that's, I, I didn't like that either. Um, you can go ahead and hit the windows plus the, I believe it's the a key to bring those back. Um, but again, they've messed with those settings a little bit. There's a, a, a lower, there's a, there's a, there's a fewer number of quick settings that are available. Uh, focus assist, which is something that I love because it prevents all those notifications from sliding in. That's within the main settings menu. So things have been moved around a little bit. Um, maybe not all that, that, that great. That's weird. It is a little weird. Um, the, at the bottom of the screen now is a calendar. Um, I'm assuming that it's going to show upcoming appointments. Mine doesn't at this point in time. Um, you know, holidays, that type of thing. But yeah. Oh, it ties into your office app if you tie log into your work account on your yeah. I have a mixed opinions or mixed feelings about that. Um, I may get used to it in the, in the future, but for right now, I kind of like the way it was within Windows 10. So I really like the quick actions. Like I use those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's why to me, it's funny. I, you know, I think it's just the paranoia of being a Windows user for a long time. You, I always ascribe like, well, what is your motivation for moving? Like the focus assist is like the most, the only damn thing I even use. Because exactly. Me too. Otherwise you're getting these stupid notifications popping up all the time. It just, so you have to manually shut it off. And I don't understand why they would move that. Cause I would think that's the most popular feature. Except that if they want you not to be able to change it, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you don't, I don't want you to buy this. I'm going to put the product at the bottom of the shelf because you're too lazy to get it. We're going right. to put it, what you want right in front of you. We're going to move that quick action. I, to me, I don't, I don't, that makes no sense. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out in the future. One thing I should mention the two that we're not seeing quite yet is uh, Teams chat. Microsoft said before that, you know, Microsoft's had this weird thing thing with uh you know they want you to be able to communicate with people instantly so we had a people app and that went away and they had this <laughs> skype meet now thing which is still within windows 10 and has been there for uh, you know six months to a year uh that's going away now it's teams chat and for right now you don't have people you don't have meet now you don't have teams chat so if you like like not needing to talk to people right away it's kind of like a, a <laughs> it's just, it's a, little, a little oasis of calm before everything <laughs> back up. One of the so. first things I do on any, uh, uh, you know, new install, fresh install, I always get rid of all the clutter, like the, the search icon, the, the, the task menu button, like all, all the, yeah, the, the meat button, the even <laughs> OneDrive. I, I don't use OneDrive, so get it off my task bar, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I only like to have what I need down there. <laughs> Today, I'm learning. I'm the only person who uses the search bar, so maybe they made the right decision. <laughs> well, I have used it, Brad. It just didn't work, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, third thing is uh, File Explorer. Well, there's probably four, actually. The third thing is File Explorer. Uh, it's hard to describe uh, what it is. I don't like File Explorer, and again, that's a muscle memory thing. They've replaced the uh, uh, icons at the top of a, of a file window with these simplified icons, and it's just kind of tough when you first look at it to figure out what's going on. I mean, yeah, you know that scissors is probably cut and you know that the trash is delete, but everything else is kind of like, what the heck is this? 
And if you like right click a file, then it kind of explains things, but there's no real, there's no tool tip hover. There's no, you know, if you hover over something, there's usually a tool tip that tells you what it is. Those aren't enabled quite yet. Um, unless the icon, unless the, like the file is highlighted. So it's this weird sort of experience. The first time you're going to use it, you're going to be like, or at least I was, I was just like, okay, what do I do now? I can't really figure this out. So I, I don't like it either. That plays into, I think, again, I haven't used it myself yet. I'm going up screenshots, your videos, stuff like that. Uh, my, my biggest, I think, criticism thus far of what I see from Windows 11 is that it seems less information dense. Like the file explorer, where you were just saying, for me, the start right. menu is the same deal. The Windows 10, once you tune it especially, the Windows 10 start menu can be very information dense and very useful. And it doesn't look that way in Windows 11. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that winds up being in practice. But that's my immediate criticism. Yeah, that's a good criticism, too. I think that's right. <laughs> um, we're going to have to see how that plays out going forward. Yeah, like for me, File Explorer is how I search because that's the only time I can ever find anything. <laughs> and Windows 10 is to use File Explorer, so... Well, now you got to search for the right icon to search for the search in File Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, fourth thing is something that's going to be uh, dear to your heart, Brad, and that is the Windows or the Microsoft Store. Uh, Microsoft oh. Store, we're seeing a preview of the new look and feel of the Microsoft Store. I know that we all kind of detest the way that it handles things on the back end. Uh, the fact that you can't download a file and stick it on an external hard drive and then sort of uh, use that file on a new laptop, whereas, you know, Steam, for example, allows you to do that. Um, but right now, everything in the store is all based on look and feel. So it looks really nice. And there's a famous Windows developer who I just communicate in text uh, and actually don't know how to pronounce his name. So I'm going to slaughter it, but it's Rudy and his last name is spelled H-U-Y-N. He's been a famous Windows developer and he's in fact the chief architect of the Windows store according to his profile. So it looks beautiful. It really does. Um, but again, you know, we're, we're talking about some of the fundamental aspects of the store that necessarily haven't been fixed. The number of games in the store, the number of apps in the store, curated things and so forth. So uh, there's the individual product pages are fantastic. They look really beautiful. But again, some of the, you know, it's basically paint over the same wall that it's always been. So, you know, again, you have to take a look at that. and just Well, for, uh, what's it, for what it's worth, the, 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 the wall is rotten or whatever. It has been in Windows 10 at least, but it also needed paint. So, you know, any improvements are good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've, you know, I originally, because originally when the Windows Store was introduced with Windows 8, it, like, I don't even know if it's the legal definition of a store because <laughs> a shelf with two cans of beans on it ain't a store. But I will say, it, these days, there, I, I'm quite surprised there, it is the amount of applications and useful applications it's it's far far richer than it was in the windows 8 days so it's it's gotten better and you know comparing it to how you know my primary mobile device is android ain't no better cuz that android store is just like it's not a store it's like if you took an entire costco and shook everything to the floor you know the flea so market the flea market is really a flea market approach to it. Most of the stores feel like just flea markets because they're just so overwhelmed with stuff you can't get to it unless you use search. And that is actually the one busted up part of the Windows store, I find. So, yep. But that is how you get to Xbox Game Pass. So, <laughs> yeah. The, and there is an Xbox app that's a little bit more tightly integrated with Windows than we have in the past, seen in the past. It doesn't seem to be too different right now. And in fact, it doesn't have cloud gaming built into it. Uh, cloud gaming is now live for everybody with a Game Pass Ultimate subscription, but that's through the browser still right now. Uh, so eventually, hopefully, we'll see that in the app. Um, 
so that's pretty much the visual stuff. There is some under the hood stuff, some of which is, is worth talking about. Um, the most interesting new feature. And in fact, um, Oh, geez, I wrote it last night and actually ever file it. It's <laughs> uh, a new feature called dynamic refresh rate. Um, and dynamic refresh rate is different than variable refresh rate, which is, again, sort of, you know, used from a graphic standpoint. Everyone knows here for, you know, synchronizing the GPU and the monitor to make sure that, uh, you know, get screen tearing and everything. Dynamic refresh rate is actually going to be used for inking. Um, the idea is that um, you're going to have a, a laptop or a tablet with 120 hertz display and it's going to microsoft windows is going to kick that into the 120 hertz mode to give you that smooth inking experience and it's going to dial it back down to 60 hertz if you're doing something like you know uh, writing an email for example and that's to save power now the interesting thing here as many people have noted already is that microsoft you know microsoft has been a huge proponent of inking and it's been the the, the, the manufacturer that's consistently put out tablets whereas you know dell and lenovo have kind of you know chosen to take a generation off, so to speak. Um, but Microsoft doesn't have a 120 hertz Surface product yet. So the thinking is, okay, we're going to see laptops coming out in the fall. Microsoft could be coming out with a 120 hertz Surface Pro tablet at that time. Of course, Microsoft's not saying anything about it, but you know that's the potential. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we could be seeing high refresh rate stuff from Microsoft Surface coming out in the, in the fall in the next year. So, that's cool. but only for inking, only for when you're writing to make it smoother. Right now, yeah, that's right. It's like it's basically like uh, it's for inking and scrolling, uh, but not scrolling for Edge, which is weird. Um, just scrolling for Microsoft Office. But there's a bunch of inking apps that supposedly this dynamic refresh rate is being used for it, and I expect that you know Edge is going to be added in the future, and we're probably going to see more apps attached to this as well. Um, I, I really like the sound of this, honestly, because if you're an office worker who's sitting there drawing, painting, you know, then going and doing your office work, you don't need 120 hertz and it would hurt your battery. So I like the idea of you kicking in for this and dropping back down. That's that's a cool idea. Yeah. And my understanding, too, is that you're man, you have to manually switch between 120 hertz and 60 hertz in, in most you know applications mm-hmm. that I know of. So, I mean, the fact that it's doing it automatically is, is pretty neat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that is that makes a lot of sense. Well, especially if it's not a game that's like taking, you know, you usually play games in full screen. So it's, you know, taking over the, the processing. Like if you're doing an inking app, maybe in a, as, as a part of a window, yeah, you're you're affecting everything else. So interesting. Yeah. And, you know, this is I think, Adam, I mean, you bring up a great point. I mean, you know, we are seeing some of the stuff that Microsoft's done in the Xbox and gaming sort of make its way over to the PC. I mean, we've had we don't see we haven't seen uh, one of the features that's supposed to come to Windows 11 is auto HDR. Uh, an auto HDR is a feature on the Xbox Series X and S right now where <laughs> games that aren't actually optimized for HDR have HDR sort of injected into them automatically. And the effect is, isn't bad. The effect is pretty good. Uh, what Microsoft's going to be doing is it's going to be taking that effect and putting it onto the Windows PC um, before Windows 11 comes out. So we're going to see that. But if you think about HDR being automatically injected, if you think about the display rate of your PC being automatically adjusted, like for example, if your game supports it and your your your, your experience isn't going to denigrate, isn't going to go down. I mean, that sounds pretty neat. I mean, you know, it sounds like something that uh, could benefit people just by having these sort of these additional features turn on. So, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Can I, can I ask about because um, now that we're talking about sort of the the auto HDR, which you know was one of the big news. Uh, can I ask about direct storage? Do we know? Hmm. I know that they said, hey, direct storage, that cool thing from the Xbox, we're going to be bringing it to DirectX, obviously. Is it a Windows 11-only feature? I get the impression it is. I, I haven't confirmed that. Do you know? 
I don't uh, same boat as you. I haven't confirmed it, but I believe it is just specific to Windows 11. Again, we haven't seen that quite yet, but you know, some of these under the hood things might come out a little bit in the future. Um, I'm not entirely certain what direct storage is going to require in terms of hardware, um, uh, whether it be like a PCIe 4 SSD or because, you know, <clears throat> remember on the Xbox that it's, it's, it's really specific to the SSD. And if you have an external hard drive, it's not going to work with uh, Xbox Series X games. So, um, you know, again, there's some they, questions that... that they said that it will work with PCIe 3.0. It just has to be NVMe. Ah, very good. Thank you. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, last thing, and then we can get on to some of the other issues associated with Windows 11 is what I, I like this, and it's not, this is what I would call a hidden feature of Windows 11, and it's, it's voice typing, uh, which is essentially dictation. Um, you know, Microsoft has had this really uh, mediocre uh, implementation of dictation to date, uh, while Google and Otter and some of these other applications, some of these things have, have done a great job. Now, if you hit Windows plus H, um, you get this little voice typing widget and uh, it works pretty well. Um, you know, I just kind of was playing around with it for the video and testing it out with like, I don't know, my wife was an English major. So, you know, Pride and Prejudice and uh, I don't know, I had a awful book, you know, a James Bond uh, mm-hmm. novel, you know, just dumb stuff like that. And it does a great job. It even has AI uh, driven punctuation. So if you don't want to type or if you have problems typing for whatever reason, um, you know, this dictation actually works pretty well for once. So um, mm-hmm. that's a plus in my book, um, you know, as someone who just writes for a living, uh, it's nice. Yeah, to that sounds to great. And just yell at it. So, and that's, that's one of the in a nutshell. Is that server side or is that, I'm just I'm just wondering if it's similar to what they do for everyone else. I'm pretty uh, sure it's local because of okay. Microsoft's, you know, they don't want to, they, they do actually try to maintain your privacy. So my guess is it's actually going on. Now there is an option though that they will allow you to um to you know essentially to upload clips of what you're talking uh, about to Microsoft with your explicit permission uh, and that's designed to help them improve their uh, recognition, but again that's something you actually have to opt into. Okay. So. Can I ask another under the hood feature? Of course, absolutely. Um, we're sort of in that in that new age of everybody now suddenly getting high DPI panels on laptops, especially not as much as an issue on a, on a on a big desktop monitor. But has there have there been any major improvements in scaling? I, I think scaling has come a long, long way in Windows. But you know, you'll run into this stupid utility that never got updated and it'll be the size of a thumbnail and you can't read it without a magnifying glass. Do you know if there has been any change or they just enforce that on the applications you can to be honest with you? It's it's not it's it's not a question that I've asked, nor is it something that I've necessarily played with. Um, you know, occasionally on Windows ten I'll notice, like you mentioned, like an app that for example just launches and it's just a little tiny text and so forth. Everything looks pretty clean so far on Windows 11. In fact, um, I haven't noticed, I've noticed a few visual bugs, but nothing associated with scaling. So, you know, fingers crossed that everything works out in that direction. Hmm. So, before, yeah. before we move on to the bad stuff, can I actually just give a shout out to two more features? Not bad sure. stuff, but controversial yeah, absolutely, stuff. Of course. Oh, yeah, sure. So, I know your, your favorites. Go ahead. Yeah, my two favorites, just because um, I use two 4K monitors and I split them up all over the place. I tend to have a lot of stuff going on. So there are two improvements in Windows 11. Again, I haven't used it yet, but on paper and marked videos look pretty dang awesome to me. So I just want to make sure they get mentioned. One being you can now, uh, the virtual desktops have been improved so that you can put different backgrounds on each one. 
which is going to be great for me because I do use virtual desktops when, you know, my two 4K monitors getting split up, get too complicated. Uh, I'll switch over to a virtual desktop and having different visual indicators of background, that's going to be huge just for my mental shifting of tasks right away. I'm really excited to see that upgrade. And hand in hand with that is uh, Fancy Zone. Is it called that in Windows 11? But it's no, kind of not really. It's called. It's, it's, it's basically just referred to as a as a as a snap experience. I guess just improved mm-hmm. snap experience. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, if you had the Microsoft Power Toys uh, Fancy Zones, which is improved snap experience, I guess. So you can split your screens up all kinds of different ways, ways rather than just doing the four quadrants like you can by default with Windows 10. And for that to be integrated natively in Windows 11, I think is also going to be great for like people like me who just have way too many things open all the time. So right. those this are two like features I'm very excited about. This is like a simplified version of Fantasy Zones, so you can't do quite everything that you can do in Fantasy Zones. Fantasy Zones allows you to do a lot, and I, I, I love it. I have it on my machines, but this kind of allows you, instead of just snapping things to the corners of the screen, allows you to create like columns of stuff, which is really handy um, and something that you should just check out. You just hover over the uh, maximize window um, little icon, that little square that's in the top of the screen, and uh, you'll see those things and see those options. Um, actually, you brought up one thing I forgot to mention, um, and that is actually associated with multiple monitors too. If you, most people, I think probably watching the full nerd have desktops, but if you have a laptop um, and you have external monitors, you'll notice, of course, in Windows 10 that you, when you undock that laptop, all your windows that you had on those external monitors kind of go haywire because like Windows just kind of freaks out and doesn't know where to put anything. And Windows 11, all those, what will happen is those external, any window that you have on those external monitors will minimize. And so what you'll have is when you haul your laptop out, you will have that same laptop screen that you always had with minimized windows on the side. And once you reconnect that laptop, all those windows that were minimized will go back to full screen. will go back to the original locations, which is again, a convenience, but that's uh, excellent. Nice, yeah. It's, excellent. Really nice. it's, it's not just laptops. Uh, my two monitors, I have one that wakes up a little slower than the other one. So every uh. time I wake my computer up, uh, everything gets jacked up. So I'm excited for this as a desktop user as well. Yeah, I have the same th- same thing with mine. Yeah, one of my one of my 4K laptops or 4K monitors also comes up fairly slow. And actually, when when I'm doing uh, game streaming, uh, you know, I use the the uh, HDMI pass through. So you know, I've I've got the game on my monitor, and then everything switches over here. And then when I I go back to normal mode, like it's everything just switches over there, and I have to reconfigure everything on this side again. Yeah, so that's that's good. <laughs> Hey, can I? So I got a couple questions, sure, just sure. on sort of on features and also what your take is. One is with with Windows, it's always been sort of this tool. You know, this it's basically a Swiss Army knife or a Leatherman that you use for every single thing. Do you? And I think what's kind of always kind of bugged desktop users the last few years is it's always felt like mobile has been in the driver's seat. Do you feel like one? This is again about refining the mobile experience. And if you're using a desktop, we know you're never going to switch. So we don't care. Um, and two, what is up with this uh, pursuit of Android application support? Um, so ah. I, I just, I'm wondering what, who's in charge to do? Are, are we always in the backseat here? Are we in the backseat as desktop users in the coupe, which is a two door car where the back windows don't roll <laughs> down? Which is, let me tell you, the worst place for a road trip. Um, and that's what I'm used to with Windows. So I'm wondering what your take is there and, and what the hell are we doing with 
with Android. Sure. So the, with the Android apps, uh, again, I'm, yeah, that, that, that is a feature that it, Microsoft has touted for Windows 11. We're not seeing that yet. We didn't see that in the leaked build. We didn't see that in the official build. That's going to be sort of coming in the future. What's interesting, I think, with um, with Android, sort of, I'm going to address this question sort of in a broader sense. So what we're seeing within Windows is we're seeing that Windows is becoming a platform for really all kinds of apps. And we traditionally, we started with Win32. And then Microsoft said, okay, <clears throat> with Windows 10 and so forth, we're going to see these PWA apps. Uh, uh, we're going to see these web apps. And of course, you can now pin like a web app to your desktop. Um, same time that Windows 10 launched, we saw the uh, evolution. We're seeing the evolution for even further right now with the Windows sub- sub- subsystem for Linux. And in the most recent revision, we're seeing the ability to go ahead and take a Linux app uh, outside, so to speak, of this WSL subsystem and put it on your desktop as well. <laughs> so with Android, what we're seeing is the <clears throat> the evolution of that one step further. So one of the things, what they're doing with Windows 11 is we are essentially seeing a Windows subsystem for Android, uh, where again, we're seeing essentially kind of this compartmentalized, virtualized space where we can see Android apps running. Um, and these Android apps are coming, of course, aren't coming from Google. So we're not going to see Google services sort of living on your Windows desktop. They're coming from Amazon, which is both good, I guess, if you don't want Google services on your desktop, but it's a little bit poor if you want the diversity of applications that come from, you know, Google. And supposedly you can sideload Android apps as well from anywhere, but, you know, that's always some sort of a, that's always a bit controversial. So what we're seeing, I think, with Windows is they kind of want this neutral platform where all sorts of applications can sort of float and roam on your desktop. Um, and, you know, this has been an advantage that Chromebooks have had for a long time. You can just flip a Chromebook back and use it to play, you know, Angry Birds if people still play Angry Birds. Um, and now you'll be able to do the same thing with with uh, with your Windows PC as well. I mean, location, location might be a little bit problematic and so forth. But this is kind of as interesting sort of this really, you know, we've seen Microsoft evolve from, okay, it's only Windows to this sort of like, hey, kumbaya, let's go hold hands and have every app that you want just on our system. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, things look like when Windows 11 sort of plays out in that regard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's part of the sort of whole uh, embrace and extend, you know, mm-hmm. philosophy, it feels like. I, I I get that. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out why, like, who the hell actually wants to run an Android app on their windows pc you've paid for windows why do you want to run android but there I, are a lot of apps that don't support windows at this point and are mobile first and i think yeah. tapping into that's pretty you know it's cool yeah but would that experience be any good on uh, on a windows and i guess that's where i you know I, again i'm trying to read the motives here but it feels like that would be a great move because they want to mess they want to make a run at one um where apple is going with ipad and then I, I kind of think like, well, also let's let's make it so you can run your Android apps, so then we can sort of attack that failed tablet. I mean, let's face it, um, Android has been a dismal failure in tablets. iPad is the only only one standing. Does it just feels like, you know, you can make Windows this sort of Android machine that it never lived up to be. 
Well, I think that's right. I mean, in a sense, I mean, you know, if you look at the, you, one of the things that I always kind of struggle with, with a surface pro, for example, is just like, okay, what do I do with it? I mean, it's a standalone streaming device. I can stick in my ca- kitchen counter or whatever it might be. I can ink on it, but you know, now if you put Android apps on it, then all of a sudden it's the functionality goes way up. Um, so, you know, I've, you know, I've played with Android apps on a Chromebook before uh, a Chrome tablet and they're pretty cool. I mean, you know, everything works perfectly, but you know, it makes it a lot it makes it a lot better as a tablet, in my opinion. I think that you're going to see that with uh, with Windows as well. I think it's a really clever move by Microsoft, too, considering just how dismal they've been for the last eight, nine years trying to develop their Windows Store. Like, mm-hmm. this is a smart way for them. It's it's useful. I, I like I like the idea of having more diverse applications. You can run it all in one spot. I think that's great. But I think it's also very clever for Microsoft. Yeah, it really sidesteps the argument of, like, how many apps are on the Windows Store, because all of a sudden it's like, eh, I don't really like care so much. So, yeah. Yeah, although the lack of Google services is, I think, um, is a huge problem. But it's your desktop, man. You just sign into Gmail. No, I know, but you, if you have, uh, if you have a pure, you know, Slate style like a Surface, you know, it's a great, it's a fantastic tablet. That, to be honest, the application, the the native applications that are built for touch and uh, tablet mode just aren't there. So I could see this like, oh, this. Yeah, this really could be an Android, the Android tablet that you always kind of wish you had, you know, which. And it's also important to mention that these are optional things, too. I mean, there's no you don't actually have to to put uh, Windows subsystem for Linux on your PC if you don't want to. Uh, it's sort of like you have to enable it. I'm assuming the same thing is going to happen for Android as well. So it's not like you're going to have Amazon or Google peering over your shoulder or so forth. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be your choice to make. Yeah. Well, you know, Mark, I'm so excited. I can't wait to run Windows 11 on my Sandy Bridge desktop. <laughs> well, let's hold, let's hold up. Before before we get there, we actually do have uh, some some questions from the chat. Uh, uh, Girl, and also some uh, some super chats. Uh, I, I do want to bring up Tim Worthley gave us uh, $1.99. Thank you so much. Said I got myself a Gigabyte RTX 3070 Ti Eagle Edition. Congrats. Nice. Somebody scored a GPU out there somewhere. Uh, Eternal Duo AE gave us uh, five euros. Thank you so much. Said, uh, no question. Just wanted to say thanks to the team for all the consistently good content. No, thank you. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, Mike Quinton gave us 30 United States dollars. Thank you. Thank you so much. Said, um, uh, is the Windows 11 voice commands using Dragonspeak, is the... Okay, sorry. Let me read it as said. Other than healthcare, etc., is the Windows 11 voice commands using Dragon Speak the reason Microsoft bought Nuance? Sorry. Um, hmm. Good question. I don't know if we've seen anything specific with Nuance that's been integrated into Windows quite yet. Um, I don't know. Man, a voice. I mean, the the, the only real voice improvement i've seen within windows of course is the voice typing launcher um and there are you know my microsoft believes very strongly in modalities where you can go ahead and ink and you can go ahead and type and you can use your mouse and you can do you know various ways to interact with windows as far as voice is concerned i haven't played with that in quite some time to be honest with you i can't imagine it being integrated so quickly but um, the fact that they i yeah i forgot they bought nuance which is the you know the tool for professionals. So it'd be interesting to see if they essentially give people a, a boiled down free version of that. I mean, I guess everybody needs good voice recognition, right? And Google is fantastic at it, right? And sure. Otter's fantastic at it. So, 
That that would be interesting to see, you know, in the, the next three builds of Windows, I guess. Yeah, it would be more useful, of course, if Microsoft had a stronger play in the consumer market where you'd have voice controls of like, you know, your Johnson controls, uh, thermostat and things like that. But, you know, <laughs> do we what they were? Do should we make anything with the fact that they're using the Amazon market um, to, for to supply the Android apps? Because I, you know, sure. I, I love the politics of big tech where they're always you know, like, you know what, we can't beat Google, we'll team up with Amazon, and we'll both take on Google. You know, everybody's always kind of figuring some angle to flip the big ones over. So well, could you see, like, you know, clearly more Amazon voice recognition for the home, home, uh, smart home stuff in there? Well, the only, the only answer to that is that they've had a relationship with Amazon for quite some time. So, you know, you have the Amazon voice skill being built into the Cortana. We have the Amazon app sort of uh, floating around. Uh, you know, Amazon Alexa works on the lock screen, or at least it did. I'm not sure if it still does, honestly, with Windows 11. Uh, so there's been a partnership there for, like, again, again, it's quite some time. So it does, it, it, it makes sense that, uh, the two would work more closely together. Um, I don't know, um, why necessarily Microsoft chose Amazon as partner over Google, but maybe they just saw Amazon as a more indirect partner rather than as a direct competitor to like Chromebooks or Chrome OS. So. And don't forget that uh, when the Windows 10 store and everything first came out, uh, Google refused to support it whatsoever. Mm. Like the, you Good couldn't point. get the Gmail app. You couldn't get YouTube. You can't. I don't know if you can now. I don't no. think you can. You couldn't. So. I mean, if you want Android apps on your system and Google's not available, Amazon's, you know, right behind them. I know Google's explanation at the time was like, ain't no one using this thing. But clearly, <laughs> they didn't want to give Microsoft an in to tablets. And if you ask me, that that's what really killed sort of the Metro experience on Windows for a long time because... Not having on YouTube and Gmail. <laughs> you couldn't, you know, I, I actually had the YouTube, uh, the, the Yahoo app for the Metro. It was indistinguishable from the one on Android. So it, clearly it could have been done. They just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny side note, uh, Dr. Ian Cutter's Tech Tech Potatoes in the chat says, hi, Mark. Uh, oh, and he, he also says, uh, Windows needs to make sure that, hey, Cortana, disable Cortana works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should try that out uh write a feature I, I always like the joke of like hey hey cortana can you go get alexa oh, <laughs> oh that's so sad but um, i can buy that for you no it's okay i you know uh so, some more feature related questions uh patrick vdv asks uh will will there be a windows 10 20 h2 update still which is a you know Maybe talk a little bit about Windows 10 support at this point. That is a great question because actually, if you look at the Winver, the the type in Winver on the <clears throat> on Windows 11, it actually comes up as 20H2. Uh, that's what it's listed as, even though it's it's actually build 20,000.5 if I remember correctly, which is uh, a little bit beyond what that leaked build was. So yes, there's a I. I, I I don't know the answer to what Windows 10 has in store. I mean, I would assume that there's going to be <clears throat> continued Windows build, sorry, Windows 10 builds going forward in the future because, you know, Microsoft supporting it until 2025. Um, but Microsoft really hasn't said what the split is between uh, Windows 10 and Windows 11. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you look at in the media profession, you look at those Friday afternoon news dumps. Um, and here I was just 
you know, Friday afternoon, uh, you know, just signed off for the day and then discovered on Sunday that the windows account had basically said that, uh, windows 10 to windows 11 upgrades were going to happen in 2022, as opposed to later this year. Um, you know, Microsoft had said previously that windows 11 would roll out in time for the holidays. And we assumed, I assumed that that meant that, you know, those upgrades would happen alongside new PCs. And it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Um, the windows count tweeting essentially that, uh, those upgrades are going to handle in 2022 and continue out through that year. Uh, which is, which means that, um, well, I don't know what it means for Windows 10, but I mean, it's a little bit different than what I ex- originally expected. So, uh, yeah, short answer. I expect Windows 10 to continue, but I'm not sure exactly what new features it's going to get going forward. I wouldn't expect many. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, okay, we just, we just got a uh, $5 super chat. Thank you so much from uh, uh, P 901 said, uh, in regards to gaming, you guys think Microsoft will bring a quick resume feature to the PC uh, that's found on the Xbox? Hmm. Um, That's a good question, actually. I don't think they've actually said anything in that regard. Um, And I don't know what that would require. I'm just thinking of the way that, like, I'm the games that I'm interacting with. And I think that... You know, if I, I'm, you know, I'm currently in love with, uh, uh, you know, Divinity Original Sin 2. I just was on a Steam sale and I'm just playing the heck out of that. And it's I can so see good. That. Yeah, that's a wonderful game. And, um, you know, that's been out for a few years and I couldn't see a quick resume feature being put in that in terms of this, the, the PC side of things. But maybe a Forza Horizon 4, you know, or 5 that's out on the PC or sorry, out on the PC, out on the Xbox you know, maybe something like that might, might be able to, to take, take place, but I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I mean, what do you guys think? It's a I, little I, hard. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, uh, I would love to see it because I love quick resume feature in theory. I don't have an Xbox, but, uh, the way I think it would be more difficult because on the Xbox, they share all the Ram and that makes it real easy to jump around like that. Whereas on the PC you have one, the Ram is out separate and two, uh, it has to account for so much more stuff. So I think it'd be probably hard technically to implement than it is on Xbox. Uh, but I, I would love it if they could. Yeah. And then plus it would most likely be only on, you know, windows games, windows right. and Xbox, Xbox as we know, Pass. 90, yeah. 90% of gaming is on steam and the rest is probably on Epic. So I don't know. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Harry uh, was asking, uh, how stable uh, is the the preview that you're using? Maybe talk about the system you're using it on too. Sure, absolutely. So um, I tested the leaked build on a Surface Pro Seven Plus, and I tested the official build on a Surface Laptop Four with the uh, the Ryzen chip inside of it. And I didn't notice any blue screens of death. Um, I did notice a few visual bugs, like for example, in the start, uh, if you click the start icon. Um, they have a list of, you know, um, apps to choose from sort of these, the favorite apps or the, the most, uh, the highest priority apps, excuse me. I wasn't seeing any icons on those, or if I did, I saw them on on two or three and not all of them. Um, the one really interesting feature that I liked within the personalization feature within settings where, uh, clicking the, uh, dark theme, uh, essentially switch it over to dark mode. Um, I saw all of that happen 
except for some of the visual elements on that particular page. And I sort of just, you know, it's like a, you have like windows blinds where you sort of flip them down. If they get stuck, it was the same sort of thing with that. There was a number of menu elements that I just kind of ran my mouse over and they just flipped over from light mode to dark mode. So yeah, I'm seeing some visual, uh, some visual uh, um, bugs there, but nothing that's breaking any sort of functionality at this point. Um, You know, it's a preview. Yeah, it's a preview. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's lots there that don't doesn't necessarily work as advertised, but that's what I've run into so far. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one Big Ben asked, uh, will the Windows 11 Pro version need an account to install? Do you have any idea? Uh, another question yes. that uh, probably should have addressed. Yes, you, uh, Microsoft loves the MSA. And in fact, if you're using uh, Windows 11, your MSA kind of pops up all over the place. Uh, everything from like the widgets which we didn't talk about previously, but it's sort of the news and interests, uh, which again, was in the leaked build. Um, it's like in your uh, settings, uh, you know, it's all over the place. So um, I didn't try running Windows 11 with a local account yet. Um, I don't really think it's going to be, I don't know if there's going to be a hard, any, any hard stop to, to, to do it with. I mean, that's a good question to sort of ask and try to test out. But, you know, again, Microsoft wants you to use a Microsoft account and that's the bottom line. I was going to bring that up in the next section because to me, that's the biggest issue I have with Windows 10. So I don't know if we want to talk about that more now or if we want to talk about that more later. Couple more, couple more. Uh, Okay. I do want to point out that Apple makes you do the same thing. So, I mean, I know that's not really what we want to emulate, but you cannot install a new version of of Mac OS downloaded from the web without uh, an iTunes account or whatever. Why they even call it that, I don't know, but. Okay. Uh, so, uh, CMC Knight 1984 said, uh, <clears throat> is there still going to be multiple versions of Windows 11, like Home, Pro 32, 64-bit, uh, you know, all, all the different variations? I believe so. Uh, Microsoft hasn't specified. The only thing, actually, I, on, honestly, and it's kind of odd, uh, the only specific edition I've seen of of Windows 11 that they've called out is that they're actually going to have a Windows 11 S or Windows 11 Home and S mode as we're formally calling it now. Uh, again, I guess these are going to be for, you know, education PCs and so forth. If I, I'm running Windows on my machine, I'm running Windows 11 Home and I haven't checked out Windows 11 Pro. There doesn't seem to be any distinction between, there seems to be a lot less distinction between Home and Pro uh, versus what they originally planned on doing. As far as I know, again, good question to ask Microsoft, and I'll send an email to them today. Uh, we haven't seen any sort of uh, specifics differentiating the two. Um, there may be some features there that carry over from Windows 10, or there may be some features that they are intending to sort of, you know, put into Pro as an upgrade. But, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer to that. Actually, yeah, if you could, I just do want to make that request, Mark, if you could keep an eye on any specific like thread count, core count, RAM differences? Because I remember when Windows 10 was kind of coming around and core count started to move up for PCs, some of the partners were pretty hot because Microsoft was trying to charge additional money for 
Pro with more cores or something like that. Yeah, I had written a story a couple of years ago saying that, uh, you know, Microsoft could make Windows 10 Pro the enthusiast PC choice. And, you know, it has such a strong legacy in virtualization where, you know, we have virtual machines, but you also have Windows Sandbox, which is, you know, one of the features that Windows 10 Pro offers today. Um, <clears throat> you have some other options from which to choose. Um, they haven't really played those things up. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why, um, because virtualization is is pretty neat and it's it's a nice security feature and as we're going to see in a few minutes uh, security is kind of a key push for microsoft right now but we haven't seen anything as far as um explicit support for it in the operating system besides the features that are in windows 10 but there is no 32-bit version correct uh good question yes i don't believe there is okay so just 64 i mean yeah 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 it's okay. that's yeah yeah, can, I mean they can emulate it. They can emulate it. I mean, well, I mean, there's no, there's no. I I do want to to make sure this is clear. You cannot install Windows 11 on. Well, beyond that, if I had a 32 bit right. CPU, can't That's just do way it. Too old. Yeah. But if I have a current, you know, AMD 64 um, CPU with the 64 bit extensions, I can install the 64 bit version but still run my 32-bit apps, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that is something that uh, Apple threw overboard, I think, a couple of years ago. And if you ask me, it's a pretty crappy thing to do to its customers. I understand why, but to, to make it so you can't even run 32-bit applications was yeah. I, I think not not very nice. I mean, I, I haven't explicitly said, okay, let's go out and find a 32-bit app, but I have some old utilities, which I'm pretty sure are 32-bit, and I've run those and without thinking about them, and they've run just fine. So, um, yeah. yeah, as far as apps concerned, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, got a, a couple more. A good one just came in, uh, but first, uh, Peter Jansen in front of the show said, uh, wouldn't it be better, uh, talking to you, Mark, uh, wouldn't it wouldn't you be able to speak better about Windows if you had tried out something like Windows or Apple OS to compare it against? Good question. <clears throat> um, you know, you're watching PC World, and uh, we are institutionally, you know, sort of biased towards uh, uh, Mac OS. I have uh, an old Apple laptop here, but I'm a Windows user, and I've always been. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a more direct comparison against uh uh, Mac OS, uh, you know, you can look elsewhere. I mean, but uh, again, you know, we're, <laughs> we're PC fans here and this is what we use. Macworld. Yeah, I had a MacBook. I had a Mac, a MacBook, but they come in from updates like three or four years ago, even though it was a 2012. So. Yeah. Well, well we need Linux world, I guess. Uh, that's, that'll <laughs> complete the trifecta. Huh? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, Dennis Siberian, uh, the last one, then we'll move on. Uh, Dennis Siberian, uh, uh, have you noticed any changes to Windows security or power mode apps? Um, no, um, but that might just be because I haven't gone out and specifically looked for anything. Um, I can't recall. I haven't... Uh, the system that I use here, uh, I didn't put Windows Hello on it. I've just used a pin for right now. So I'm assuming, you know, I don't know. If, I mean, that's that's a security element to it. I'm not sure if there's anything there. Um no, again, I mean, we're still in its early days, and I, I don't know if I can answer your question of the depth that you're looking for. Okay, cool. Then uh, before we move on to the next segment, I do want to pause, uh, thank our sponsor, uh, AMD and Radeon Boost. Talk a, a little bit about uh, Radeon Boost and, and why it is something that, that you should enable. Uh, Brad, can, can you tell me real quick, high level, what what is Radeon Boost? How does it work? 
Oh, yeah. So Radiant Boost is pretty excellent, actually. Uh, basically, when you're playing a game that supports it, whenever you move your mouse quickly, uh, it'll dynamically scale down the resolution, uh, not render in full fidelity in some parts uh, in the center of the screen using variable, r- variable rate shading technology due to DirectX 12 Ultimate uh, is cool with that. So basically, uh, your GPU is working less hard to render the image because they're pumping out fewer pixels. Uh, but because it's intelligently in parts of the screen where you're not noticing that as much and it's in motion, uh, you don't notice it to the naked eye. And it's actually pretty excellent. It was around before DirectX 12 Ultimate in a different form, and it was excellent then too to, with variable rate shading. It's, you know, super cool. Okay, yeah, and, and it's simple. You know, if you uh, if you have a Radeon graphics card you you should be installing radeon adrenaline software keep keep your card up to date get all the latest features and it's literally i i was in there messing around uh, with this laptop it's literally just a, a little toggle to uh to turn it on and and there is a, a list of supported games that you can go check it out so uh yeah de- yeah i had no idea you were gonna ask me this question but ter- if you have a radeon graphics card turn it on and use that like it is a good feature that will get you more frames which in turn gets you low latency because it only is keyed to your mouse movement so if you're zooming around in a game that supports it where you do a mouse it it, it really is it's like g-sync and pre-sync it's a cool feature turn it on forget about it basically nice okay i like it then uh let's move on to something a lot of people are very excited to talk about is the requirements for windows 11 <laughs> uh yeah. which uh you know that, that's going to take us some places so <laughs> mark mark what's required to mark. run windows 11 all right <laughs> so i mean it's almost worth checking you know microsoft's website today because it seems to change by the hour um <laughs> i just want to know how to install it on my sandy Bergie, So <laughs> i'm not sure you're gonna be able to do that well, uh it's I mean, okay i have a uh, skylake x uh, i can <laughs> you have a surface to... if you have a surface studio you're out of luck too which is you know it's that's another thing question that microsoft's gonna have to feel so i mean the best ad for windows 11 uh really is in the fact that you can't get it uh if you have an older pc i mean when we first saw the leaked build there was a lot of uh you know thought about this is just basically a graphical update to windows 10 i don't want it uh and all of a sudden you know we're finding out new features uh with windows 11 and we're finding out that a lot of older pcs can't get it and that i mean that's just there's no way around it that sucks um and the messaging that around uh, microsoft's communication of this has also been really poor um and we'll talk <laughs> a little bit about that as well yeah i mean it's it's they've really <laughs> I, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I can I can go into a little bit about what they should have said, I think. But let's just go ahead and talk about what we know about the uh, requirements for right now. So, so I guess originally we were told that there was a set of minimum requirements, and most of you are probably familiar with this right now: gigahertz uh, CPU, which was dual core, uh, four gigs of RAM, sixty-four gigs of storage, and so forth. And then there was this. And I'm going to set this aside for just a moment, but you know, again, this this TPM requirement where we had a, a TPM first generation and then we had a TPM second generation, and you know, Microsoft went on um, and sort of laid out what would they call the soft floor and a hard floor. If you couldn't, if your if your machine couldn't meet the hard floor requirements, they just wouldn't get Windows 11 at all. If it couldn't meet the soft floor requirements, you might get Windows 11, but you might get an, a sort of advisory message saying that it's not advised to run it. 
And again, those had different features and functionality right now. Um, in the hardware requirement story that we have on the site, uh, and I had just tweaked this this morning because of the link was bad. Microsoft has a multi-page document going into the hardware requirements, the minimum hardware requirements for Windows 11. Uh, over the past few days, we've seen Microsoft tweak these uh, to eliminate the soft floor and to establish just a basic set of minimal hardware requirements for Windows 11. And again, it goes back to the gigahertz PC or gigahertz CPU, four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, nine inch 720p display, and then some other things associated with like a 720p webcam for laptops and a precision touchpad. But of course, you know, then we get into two elements. And that is the fact that one, there's the TPM requirement, which was a new, you know, something new for a lot of people. And then there was the fact that really their CPU requirements, what they're talking about with this gigahertz, you know, dual core thing, don't actually match up with the fact that there are supported CPUs and there are unsupported CPUs. And the dividing line has turned out to be, well, there was sort of a hard dividing line at eighth gen core and then first gen Athlon, or sorry, first gen Ryzen. Uh, but now Microsoft's widening that out and saying, you know, seventh gen core and, you know, some of the, the early Ryzen stuff might be, sorry, second gen Ryzen. Thanks, Brad. Uh, now it's widening out and saying that first gen Ryzen might be included as well. So I, I know that because I have a first gen Ryzen system. <laughs> okay. So that is, you know, so that was the, what they printed with the hardware requirements and to check obviously. And again, this is, you are all familiar with this as well, probably. We had a PC system check application that Microsoft allowed you to run. And this would, or sorry, PC health check. And the PC health check application would simply tell you if your PC was going to qualify for Windows 11 or not. And, you know, the, the, the angst, of course, came into the fact that, you know, at the time it wasn't clear which processors were supported and then, of course, there was the angst over the fact that you felt like you had a decent processor and a decent PC, one that you bought, you know, a few years ago. And all of a sudden, Microsoft said, okay, you're cut off from Windows 11. And there was a lot of questions as to why that was. And so Microsoft went through and over the past couple of days have tried to explain themselves. They try to explain themselves once about the TPMs. They tried to explain themselves uh, yesterday as far as the security requirements were concerned. But, you know, there is just so many possible nits to pick with this and how they approached it. And in fact, you know, just the fact that, you know, people spend a lot of money on PCs and being told that their three-year-old PC or four-year-old PC isn't going to be qualified for Windows 11. I mean, again, it just sucks. So, um, I mean, that's sort of setting up where we're at right now. But, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, Gordon, I'm just, I'll kick it over to you. I mean, you were sort of researching, you know, a little bit more on what a TPM is and what it means for the PC. Um, perhaps you could sort of explain, you know, what that is and what the differences are between the first and second generation. Yeah. So uh, TPM is a trusted platform module. It's basically a, it's an Al Gore lockbox. You, you put your, um, secure, well, it comes burned into it or you put them in there. You basically, it is an encrypted safe storage box, lockbox that the computer, when you boot it up or your operating system can go back and always reference. Because if you think about it, you shut your PC down, you turn it on two days later, it just loads everything up. It has no idea, 
right? If it's, if, if somebody's gone in and changed files or changed even, even the, the UFI, if it's gone in and changed something, it has no idea because it just assumes it's okay because that's what it's sold. So we can go to the TPM and it can go, whoa, it's, it's Saint Matchin. Now there's problems. Uh, it is basically designed to increase security. It's actually been a feature for a long time on PCs. I have a, a core duo ThinkPad that has a TPM uh, 1.2 module, I think. Uh, it's, it typically comes in a discrete module or it also comes uh, in more recent CPUs. It comes embedded into the CPU. So if you have an AMD or an Intel CPU, it actually has a firm firmware TPM. Intel calls it trusted platform i can't remember tppl pll but it's basically uh, a a cpu based firmware essentially storing those burning keys inside of the in for intel inside the management engine uh, again a place that you always know this is this is what it can compare things to um most diy most gamer most aftermarket consumer PCs that you build, if you look on the motherboard, you will actually see a TPM header from Gigabyte, MSI, or ASUS. You can go out and buy a discrete module for that and plug it in to enable the module. Um, uh, but again, if you have uh, basically uh, anything recent, it's already in the CPU, you can turn it on in the BIOS, uh, UEFI. There's a lot of ways you should be able to enable your current machine to run it. Uh, but it is all about security. I've been talking to some people who think like, interestingly, they think that Microsoft will back off of this, but my gut tells me that the recent solar winds hack, I mean, we are looking at state sponsored, you know, um, computer espionage of large corporations in ways that nobody can really prevent. And it feels to me like, Either they're using this opportunity or they've really just been scared straight that we need to make sure everybody's damn PC is locked up and secure. So we're going to require that you have a TPM in there. We're going to require secure boot. We're going to require UFI boot. There's sort of like this chain to make sure that if you you can get in there and do whatever, the computer will alert you that something has changed and you know something is amiss. So I really don't. I know people think they're going to back off of this. They have in the past. I get the feeling that they're not going to because I think the word for 2022 and the next, the rest of the decade will be about computer security. That's right. I, uh, I might get burned at the stake from everyone watching this for saying this. Uh, but as someone who has a Ryzen 1 system who does not have a TPM module, I cannot upgrade to Windows 11 on my PC, even though I just bought this $500 processor four years ago or whatever it was. I ain't even mad about it. Because like Gordon said, things are there has we're getting to the point with cybersecurity and security in general that it's getting really gnarly out there and things are only getting more sophisticated. And I think we're reaching a point where there has to be like a cutoff for that. Like you like they need to add security into this the hardware side. This is a good a point as any, I think. It does really suck. Like I said, I'm I'm affected by this. I'm gonna have to upgrade my system. People who watch this might know I've been planning on doing that anyway. Uh, fortunately, Windows 10 is supported till 2025, so got plenty of time to do it. If you buy any recent computer in the last two or three years, uh, you have the hardware that you need to be able to upgrade to Windows 11. So by the time Windows 10 is dead, you'll have had, you know, eight years worth of time 
to, to get your house in order. Uh, and it sucks. It does suck. So someone said that, and I think Mark said that, and I agree it sucks, but I think there's also a very clear and good reason for it. And I think it's, it's going to wind up being necessary. You know, I, I, I agree, Brad, you will get burned at the stake for saying it. And I, I understand where that comes from. I can understand if they said, we got to do this for security because we are, and that means not just requiring it and to say, yeah, we're going to turn this feature on in three years. If they're going to do this, if they're going to, if they're going to put that line in the sand, they better damn well do it because yeah, they are. And it's interesting because last Thursday and Friday, believe me, I was going to, you know, you want to, you want to break your keyboard because this is a, one of the fundamental, fund, fundamental, Fundamental pillars of the PC is, and Elena likes to make fun of me, but we don't leave people behind, right? Some companies can go, we're just going to dump you overboard just to save money or because we want to hear the splash. PC does not, has not ever in the past said, you got an old moldy Pentium D system. What the hell are you running Windows 10 for, right? But you can, because if you want to go ahead, we don't care. Hurt yourself all you want. Go right ahead, and that's always been the approach of the the PC. So, I am extremely uncomfortable with where this may end up going. If they, I agree, hundred percent. If they just simply, and the thing that kills me, are you telling me if you bought an eighteen core Skylake X, you're going to get thrown overboard for God knows what reason? And I can believe me, it probably has a firmware TPM. There's probably a TPM header on the module on the motherboards because it's not like they are cheap motherboards. Why in the world would you not be able to run Windows 11 on that machine? If there is some other reason, like, dude, these CPUs are not reliable or safe to use, or these chipsets are not reliable or safe to use, you need to come out and tell us that instead of just like, "Uh, we're not going to make that a point because we don't want to scare people away, you know? But I just want more communication about it because otherwise, yeah, people are going to be deservedly really, really hot because it's just like there is no reason in hell why (laughs) a KB Lake R... Eighth gen with four cores can run Windows 11, but at KB Lake, the exact same thing with two cores cannot run Windows 10, right? That was a seventh gen part. It just is way too arbitrary and, and people did rightly freak out. I didn't, I am not ready to start screaming into the night yet because I do think we have to wait, right? You don't want to overreact because we have to wait for it to come out and they say, nope. You're done. This is the line. Run Windows 10. You know, you're not going to have as secure as Windows 11, but we are not going to have. You got, you're telling me that cut on your wrist is because you, you cut it on a fence. I think it's a zombie bite and we're not going to let you come mm-hmm. into the Windows 11 world. I, I understand that, but I, I just want it to be told that that's really what the case is and it needs to be laid out exactly what the risks are and why. I understand they want to make it safer. That's my my feeling is what they want to do. But you better damn well do it because you are breaking everything. You know, everything the PC has ever stood for, right? That's If you want to get cut off at the knees artificially, you go buy from the computer company down the road in so, the area, not from us. 
So basically, I mean, yeah, I would agree with all that. I mean, my feeling was that this was a failure of messaging. Um, I be, I think that uh, Microsoft made the same mistake that we sometimes as journalists make, which is to say that we believe or we think that our audience is on the same page as we are. We just make that assumption. And I think what Microsoft, really the way that Microsoft rolled out Windows 11 is that, you know, it had a, a briefing, a sort of a canned briefing. Um, and what it needed to do was it needed to sit down uh, with either journalists privately or just have a separate briefing and just explain the way that it now sees this the pc landscape and this is not an apology from microsoft but microsoft you know originally told us and i'm looking back at a story that i wrote in uh 2017 and in 2017 microsoft warned that it was going to cut off uh clover trail processors from windows 10 the fall creators update and then this is you know what four or five years ago at this point in time and so it signaled then that Microsoft was prepared to go away to basically say, hey, we think that security is important. And if a PC is not does not meet our security requirements, it's not going to be allowed into. And this is, you know, what the I think the, the, the message that Microsoft understands, but the rest of us didn't or maybe now do and now are being suddenly dragged into this sort of worldview um again that you know we understand that apps have a adam you're gonna uh we understand that apps have a certain level of minimum requirements we have we understand that they have a minimum level of memory in which they need to run they have a cpu requirement so they can run fast enough and they have a storage requirement so we can just actually download them but, uh, you know, Microsoft seems to be telling us that it has a security requirement as well. And this security requirement is as, uh, is as important as anything else. And if that doesn't meet that, that if the, the app or the operating system doesn't meet that security requirement, then they won't be able to actually run it. Now, the interesting thing, of course, with apps is that we think of the operating system as sort of the minimum level of capability of a PC. If it loads the OS, it's going to, you know, that's great. Now we're worried about loading the apps, which is actually what we want to do with it. But Microsoft's saying, hey, look, you know, we, we want to make sure that the OS itself has this level of security. Now, what sucks, of course, is the fact that, um, you know, this was sort of dumped on us. It was sort of unexpectedly, you know, it was, it, was, it, it was sort of unexpectedly pushed upon us in the last couple of days. I mean, you know, PC, you know, if somebody's buying a PC, especially somebody who's buying an expensive desktop, I mean, they are making decisions based upon the longevity of the socket the uh, capabilities of the PCI Express bus and the SSDs that can connect to, the, the, DD, the, the type of memory that can connect to and how well that's going to last into the future and how fast it's going to run. They're trying to balance their systems. They're making really uh, a lot of uh, complex, expensive decisions. And they've gone ahead and they've done that. And they did that three years ago. And then all of a sudden they're being told that those, P- those PCs, for reasons that they did not know then, are being excluded from Windows 11, even though that you know Windows 10 will last until 2025. And yeah, I think that uh, if I am in that situation, then I'm feeling like I've been stabbed in the back. And I think that Microsoft needed to do a better job, maybe maybe a few days ago, but certainly probably a couple of years ago, and just sat down with people and just said, okay, this is the future that's coming. We're going to go ahead and start prioritizing security. We've had these side channel attacks. We need you to start thinking about building a PC that's going to be future-proofed, um, you know, from, from, a, from a security standpoint. Of course, it doesn't eliminate the fact that, you know, those people at the time would have to pick the best PC that they could, and the best PC that they could at the time might be eliminated now. And that sucks as well, um, because that, 
even if they made this decision with, you know, the best of the, the best foresight, the best understanding they could, you know, Microsoft's taking that away from them. Um, the only thing that I have to say to that is that, you know, again, Microsoft warned us Chrome OS, you know, has a life, uh, sort of a lifespan attached to it now, which is, which was five years and now it's eight years. And yeah, we're seeing, I guess, eight years with windows 11 or sorry, with windows 10, that doesn't excuse the fact that, um, you know, people are just going to feel that betrayed by all this. And it goes, flies in the face of the fact that if you bought a PC 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, you thought that it was going to run forever. I mean, that's the tradition of the PC. That's the strength of the PC. That's the legacy of the PC. And that's changed. And, um, you know, it just... Yeah, I, 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 I feel upset um, from that standpoint because, you know, it's something that's fundamental to how we all interact with the devices that we use. It's being taken away from us. Yeah, um, I have like a $5,000 three or four year old PC sitting here right. that can't get an upgrade. <laughs> I just said what sucks for me is there's a way they could have split the difference. Like, like I said, I'm not even that mad about it, even though I'm affected by it, because I do feel that advancing security on the hardware level is important enough for the future of security as a society that it's worth taking that bullet. I really do believe that. Uh, But there is a way if that is the fundamental reason behind the CPU processor lock change, like I have the first gen Ryzen chip and I know my motherboard has a TPM header. If they said you're going to need TPM, however, you're going to get it in there. You got to have it in there. That's cool. Then I can go buy a TPM header like Gordon was saying, but to say, Hey, you know, your $5,000 PC with an eight core, 16 thread part that's water cooled and stuff like that. That can't run windows 11. Now, even though you can put a TPM header in there, right. uh, um, that sucks. And, and I think Microsoft should have come out and stressed all this way harder. Like, I think they should have actually in their thing been like, all right, in the last few years, we've had solar winds, you know, mm. that, that oil pipeline just got shut down by ransomware. You know, everyone, Equifax or whatever, Experian got hacked a couple of years ago. Everyone had their social security cards leaked. Like, this is dangerous. We need to start putting more protections in place. And this is why we're doing this. Like, they could have came out and explained it and then said, hey, you need to get TPM in there. But yeah, the way buy, a mother, buy a motherboard. Absolute that, mess. You know, buy a board, buy a CPU that supports these things. That's what you want to draw. You know, that's what you want to buy. Go yeah. And they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, well, and actually, that's, that's one of the things that prompted me. I mean, uh, you know, I've. I'm I'm not as uh, knowledgeable about the PC as, as you gentlemen, but you know I've been around it enough. I feel like I know my way around, and I had never heard, or maybe I had heard about this TPM thing, and you know, it's more of a business some sort thing. of uh, it yeah, is it was a business, thing. business PC legacy. Yeah. So so actually, I uh, I one one of my good friends for a long time. He's a, he's a, a white hat, a, a ethical hacker. Uh, he's he's an instructor. I, I actually did an interview yesterday. The the interview is going to be going up uh, on the channel tomorrow, talking about what is TPM, what is Secure Boot. You know, why are they doing this? What can you do about it? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil some stuff or, or, awesome. or not That's spoil great. some stuff. You should definitely go watch that, that interview. Cause as, as a noob to this whole TPM thing and secure boot, like it, it was enlightening to me. I, I actually got to ask those basic questions that a lot of people are asking in chat. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, a lot of people will, will get some benefit out of that for right. me. I, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard, right? It's like, do you want, you know, we, we're, we're always here being like, oh, you know, Mac loves to, to throw you overboard, you know, for the, for, for the greater good. And, and 
people are there just to 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 guzzle up more <laughs> more hardware but on the pc you, you get you know support for for legacy hardware and, I, and software stuff it, I tell it, you it's what, so hard it, it, it really is a balance it's really it sucks like opt for optics at the very least that they threw all these weird ass requirements that cut off like i said gaming computers who are three years old who can perfectly play 4k gaming no problem uh and they're also delaying the rollout to existing systems until 2022 to make right. it so that only new systems will be getting this in 2021 uh that's just a real bad look in tandem <laughs> i don't think it would have been so catastrophic if we had just seen the leak build and the leak build would have been okay this is a graphical overhaul of windows 10 okay i can deal with this i mean i don't need to have a new start menu i don't need to have a new taskbar but now we're seeing all these kind of pc-ish kind of cool features that are being added to windows 11 again the auto hdr some of this uh you know these other these other capabilities so all of a sudden it's just like oh crap you know i kind of want this um and the other thing this other footnote of the fact is that they you know microsoft pulled the pc health check app i mean that happened in the past uh, day too because you know at least people had a kind of could understand all right my pc's not gonna be cable or is going to be cable of windows 11 now we don't even have that and they said they're going to sort of put that back into place closer to the launch which i assume sort of means near the end of the year uh but you know now <laughs> we had a confusing app and now we're completely more we're even more in the dark than we were now it's, it's just a wow yeah. it's just it's just rough you know yeah well do you think though so i you know, obviously, everybody's pretty hot about it, and I understand why. I also understand why, as Brad said, it's, you know, maybe you take the bullet on this because security is important for some people. But do you think they could make it so, like, yeah, look, you know, 8th gen, uh, Intel, you know, 2nd gen, AMD, you're fine. If you want to go ahead and run Windows 11 and your POS you know, bum ass computer from whenever go right ahead. We're not responsible for it. Do you think that's going to work? Or do you think they really need to say, look, (laughs) this thing you have is riddled with holes, man. And you need to just simply, you need to get something. If you care about security on your computer, which you're doing important things on, you need to just buy something new. Do you think? I think that should happen. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, for right now, if you're a member of the Windows 11, or sorry, the Windows Insider program, you do have a little bit of uh, freedom to go ahead and try out Windows 11. Um, you know, right sounds now. Sounds like a bad look. <laughs> well, I understand that, but I'm just saying that uh, Microsoft's waiving some of the the hardware requirements for for Windows 11 if you're part of the um, if you're part of the Windows Insider program. If you're if you actually had been a Windows insider and we're on the dev channel then they're pretty much waived entirely um until the launch if if you have a really if you have a pc that's that's outside of the the minimum requirements those those requirements are waived until the launch and then you'll be kicked back out of the sort of the windows 11 thing so you can kind of play around with it until then um and but again i mean that's sort of that feels like it's they're rubbing it in my face a little bit it feels like yeah it is yeah yeah. i mean there's there's no there's no real excusing it i suppose but i mean it is it's a a bone but it's not a tasty one no yeah we we do have a really good question uh in the chat from cmc knight uh has the sorry in advance uh but does the m1 have tpm (laughs) 
They they have their own internal um you know they they remember they used to push the security chip and the in the Intel Max enclave. They have their yeah, they have their own security lockbox of their own. You know, and again it's what Apple is doing because they want to everybody is super paranoid. You know, these are major multi-billion dollar companies that got hacked like really badly and they know it's not going to stop and you know there's the same reason that you know apple is you know if you use an ipad the ios is the security is is so tight on the ipad it actually makes it a less useful operating system like i remember doing testing on ios a few years ago i couldn't even get the file from one application to the next because that's a security problem but like what? I can't share a file from one application to another on the same computer. That's like basic functionality that you can understand you would break to make it safe. But at the same time, I made it like useless. So, you know, there's got to be a balance between the two. But these companies are, are, it feels like they are, they're, they've taken security as serious as a heart attack right now. I know some people are going to say it's just a way to make you buy new hardware, but. You know, again, I have a lot of old computers. I like to take old computers and build them for relatives and friends and like, you know, those boxes will not be able to run Windows 11, most likely. And in 2025, I mean, you don't want to be running an operating system that's not getting security updates. You can. People are still using XP and Windows 7. You Mm -hmm. should probably not be unless you're very advanced. I mean, the other question to ask is, of course, is, and we don't know the answer to it, is just, you know, okay, we have these TPM requirements now, um, 2.0 requirements. You know, how long, I mean, what should we be thinking about in terms of the PC's lifespan now? Is Microsoft going to do the same thing with us yeah. um, in five years or 10 years? Man. Where say, hey, we need to buy new hardware then. I mean, I, again, uh, this is something that if Microsoft had come sat down with people and had a, given us the chance to ask these questions, we'd have a better understanding and a better sense of, you know, what we as a community should do. Um, that's the part no. that scares me. Yeah. Like well, even but- as someone who is fine with this, that's the part that scares me. I don't want this to become a trend. I want it to be uh, okay. Now we have to get serious and lock the gates or not. That's bad. Cause that's a walled garden analogy, but you know what I mean? Uh, but I don't want it to become a trend. Well, and I think that one of the terrible things is, is anytime there is a security scare, it is a great time to sell products. Right. So I understand why people would be extremely suspicious of selling you, you know, something because it's more secure. So because that is often what people have abused in the past. But yeah, I good Lord, if yeah, it would. I so I will tell you a column I was writing last week was like, it's the end of the PC. What Microsoft has done today is it's the end of the PC. I I walk back off that cliff because I don't know if they will do that here. But yeah, if we went to a Chromebook style, you get a five-year shelf life and that's it. You buy a new one, that ain't going to fly. That just is not going to fly. That has not been what most PC customers have grown up with. And I, I think that would be, I don't know. Then you start looking at other options at that point because that would be, be the end. That be the year of Linux. <laughs> Time to get off the bus. There you go, right? Peter Jansen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, uh, really, right? I mean, but that's that. But that's always been the Microsoft threat, though. Oh, you're so angry. Why don't you go run Linux? They could say that, and no one would do right. it because, sorry, Peter. Ninety nine percent of consumers are just don't. They just won't do it. But maybe if it's like, yeah, you know, your computer now, toss it or load another operating system. That sort of changes things. But again, security. 
Linux is not magically more secure than anything. You still have to have secure firmware. You still have to have TP. There's all these other holes elsewhere in the whole system. So it doesn't really solve anything. It just makes you not have to buy new hardware. Well, and not to tease the interview that I'm uh, that's going up tomorrow. Uh, you should definitely watch it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not to tease it. You should definitely watch uh, it. Yeah. Well, oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, who I interview, Mike? He actually worked on the security team at Microsoft. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. So he 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 has some insight into it uh, and what he believes is going to happen with all this. So. Uh, yeah, my my money is to trust my 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 boy Mikey saying that uh, that Microsoft's going to walk this back. So we're yeah. I don't sure. think so. I'm I'm yeah. putting my money. I'm putting my we, money. We on should this make a side. bet. We should make a bet, Gordon. We'll I'll, make a I'll bet. I, I will make a bet. If I will say, and this is I will say, it's just like Connect. They they chickened out and Connect, and they basically ruined what could have been a better Xbox. If I think. M- you know, I just almost think they just have to do it. If you run a run Windows 11, okay, yeah, we'll qualify. If you can get a TPM on your old busted up Sandy Bridge box, okay. But I think the I think the hardware requirements for TPM Secure Boot and UFI they have to stay in place for Windows 11. Otherwise, eighth, eighth gen and second gen Ryzen is that when all the Spectre and those mitigations got put into the chips? There were well? there that were be part more. of it. It could be, but. I mean, yeah, there were definitely. Well, I mean, remember because the mitigations hit right around KB, right when KB Lake uh, yep, launched. Yep, yep, right? yep, 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 yep. So they basically fixed it in eighth gen, ninth gen. They've been adding mitigations to every, all the CPUs. So that might be why. But again, I mean, but that's the thing that I think is the crappy thing is if they're saying like, look, these we want these hardware mitigations that's only in these these core these generations of cores. We want them in place for this operating system. Then you need to be out in the open with that. But I know they, why they they don't want to because they don't want to go like, wait a minute, I have a Sky Lake part. I I have a Broadwell. What should I do? <laughs> Tough luck, right? You know, maybe you should buy a new one. Is not what people are going to say that. But I mean, those people, if yeah. you got holes in your system, you sh- you should know. And to be fair, I mean, I think that Intel. More than AMD, but uh, but both, you know, I'm not going to say one one CPU manufacturer has done it, one, one hasn't. But I will say, when a new processor rolls out, and this is, I will point fingers at myself and nobody else. You know, the security aspect of that discussion is when people start to tune out. Oh, of course. People look at clock speed and, you know, all these different different features, price and so forth. And, you know, uh, security is black magic. I mean, you know, a lot of us, um, even people who are in the industry, there are different elements to uh, process security and OS security and so forth. And um, I think that um, for, for many of us in the past few years, we have just simply trusted other people to take care of it for us uh, and not had to worry about it ourselves. And now, it's being thrust into this spotlight once again. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to have to start paying attention to, you know, some of these elements going forward that we've kind of ignored before. And that's, that's, that's a change. And uh, it's not an easy one either. Yeah. And then also think of the the potential litigation too. Like Mm -hmm. you sold me a, you sold me a seventh gen or first gen Ryzen and Microsoft says it's not secure. <laughs> That's not a look that anybody wants to end up in court with. So, 
But, you know, you just want to know. We want to know why. Why these yeah. cores are on this side of the line and why these are not on the other side of the line. And is it the chipset? Is it, you know, what what is it? But I... The PC, tell us. <laughs> yeah, and Intel and AMD haven't been especially forthcoming on their side of things either. They've been pushing thing, pushing questions back to Microsoft, and that needs a change too. We need to sort of have people sit down and sort of lay out what exactly is is the dividing line and why that is. Uh, funny enough, we did have the uh, ASUS North America YouTube account uh, in the chat that listed off all the uh, TPM-compatible motherboards <laughs> in the, the oh. ASUS lineup, so thank you. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know <laughs> who the rep is doing that, but <laughs> they, they were here trying to do what they could. JJ, good for him. The for scalpers her. have bought all the TPM modules. Have you seen that? They, yeah, <laughs> they've already bought all of the TPM modules you could possibly buy, and then so. Yeah, I was on vacation last week, and so I came back, and I'm like, oh, what the heck? All right, I guess I'm buying a TPM module before I realized that wouldn't even matter. And I'm like, I guess I'm not buying a TPM module. Well, it, it's get like it when I get my graphics card. So that's the thing that kind of is the confusing part, and. First gen Rising Core, because it was a Windows, it was produced in the world of Windows 10, it should have a firmware TPM, right? So basically, as I understand it, everything from when Windows, Windows 8 sort of said you need to have a, T, a firmware TPM on, on the CPU or at least, a, a, you know, capable somewhere. So basically everything from when Windows 8.1 came out has a firmware TPM. I checked. And my system says it doesn't support TPM. Well, it it may be buried somewhere in the UFI, yeah, but settings. Yeah. And the other thing too is like, so the CPU, and this is this is a very classic PC technology move. CPU supports it. Maybe we didn't have the support in the chipset. Maybe we didn't support it in the UFI and the motherboard. So now I got to break some, you know, some software engineer at ASUS or MSI, and they got to go back and support that firmware TPM and, and that ancient old hardware. So that, that could be the reason you are not seeing it. Um, but it should have it. I just, I just, I guess I want to know why. So if they, if they do decide this is the time to, to strand everybody overboard, tens of millions of people, then it needs to be laid out. And I, I would hope we could be grownups about it, you know, but I, of course I know I will tell you, when they are taking, you know, people onto the transport planes to take them to the Ark in Norway, the, the caves, every disaster movie has taught me that people are never rational in those moments. So I'll tell you something I'm really rationally angry about, unless we want to get some questions, is the thing that we talked about earlier where Windows 11 Home is going to require a Microsoft account and an internet connection. I'm actually incredibly more riled up about that than I am about this TPM stuff. Cause I can see the rationale for this TPM stuff, but there are plenty of computers that work offline. The internet, like, yes, I know Android phones require you to have a Google account. Yes. I know iPhones require you to have uh, what iCloud account. Those are phones. Those are made to be connected to networks and do stuff like that. Computers are versatile, multi-use piece of machinery. You can just have a word processor box for your kids and I really, that, the same reason I really hate that NVIDIA move to you can only get drivers in, uh, or you can only get GFE if you sign in through, the, mm-hmm. through right. the app. Fortunately, they walk back the idea of locking drivers uh, to sign on. I, I should not need to have an online Microsoft account to sign in, be required to install Windows and start using Windows. What, what if I don't ever want to connect my computer to the internet? 
Well, also too, it's probably that account also assumes 2FA, which is probably going to mean that it wants to essentially have like a smartphone attached to it or something of that sort too. I guess text works as well, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, like I, I agree. yeah, I don't, I don't like it either. I mean, I, I think that uh, one of the things that we try to do when we're testing a laptop, for example, is to put it in a local account just so we see what the manufacturer is doing rather than what Microsoft is doing. And that, if uh, you know, if Microsoft maintains that, then that and that kind of distinction goes away. Well, so I, I actually agree because it, well, it's only because I test a lot of devices and, and you don't never want to sign in with your own personal account. It's a pain. You never know what the hell's being backed up. It's, it's really annoying, but that's a unique situation. I do want to point out, I think it, I don't understand the double standard that is always forced on the PC. It's always forced on Microsoft, which I think is unfair because you're it comes not back sitting, to the Apple thing. No, I don't even want to hear that I, because because you're not like setting my... up an iPhone or a Mac or Google device. There, are everything like even some routers today, you have to create an account and sign into it. Yeah, I would hate that too. I mm-hmm. you would hate it, but why in the world is that double standard? So why do people get so angry when Microsoft does it, but when Google and Apple and they do it all day to you. You're like totally fine with it, but now you want to scream, jump down Microsoft's throat for doing the same thing, just to be done. I'm not. I'm not cool with the idea of a PC has to be connected to the internet to work, or the idea that Microsoft has to have your information for your PC to work. Because, for example, my kids' laptops, I don't have them set up with Microsoft accounts. I use local accounts. If they grow up, they want to be older. They want to create their own Microsoft account and give Microsoft information. That's cool. That's their choice. I I use local accounts because I'm not trying to make that choice for them. That's just one example. Off the top of my head, as a dad, not even counting security implications of requiring PCs to be connected to the Internet. There's a lot of – they're talking – hyping up security there are a lot of sensitive things that happen in air gapped pcs and stuff like that and i believe that the way that they phrase it only windows 10 home i would not be surprised if pro and enterprise wind up doing away with that requirement so you got to pay more to not connect to a microsoft account but i'm already paying a hundred plus dollars for windows just have windows work man brad you ain't paying a hundred dollars for microsoft products (laughs) you're paying like $15 $15 on that back alley place you and Elaine shop for your OS. So why couldn't you just go ahead and just put like a dummy account on it? I mean, would you consider doing something like that? You know? I would if I had to, but I don't think you should have to. All right, fair enough. Well, you know, actually, this really does bring up a good point. One, I would argue, ain't no one in this world buying a PC and not hooking it up to the internet. I mean, like, yeah, if you're in your nuclear submarine, maybe that sucks for you, but everybody wants to be on the internet. And two... This is like why, why should thing. that be locked? If you want to be connected to the internet, why should it be locked to your Microsoft account though? Well, but the <laughs> thing that you, the Microsoft account, yes, I I get you there. I, it kind of sucks because you know clearly that is we want you know we want a personalized experience that lets that lets Microsoft essentially compete on the same standard of person personalization that Google and and Apple operate on all day. Right, most people that, do it already. Oh, they do it all. Or, I know. I, I, I do think it should be optional, but I, I also think like this is like that. The forced updates. The remember they backed off of you got to take updates on Windows Ten. Mm-hmm. Who the hell doesn't want to install updates on their operating system? I and there are people who don't want to do that. And you know, you I like having on the, the delay. internet. They, they no give updates. you the delay. I like the, the delay, delay is fine, but I mean, I just feel like. 
you got to you got to keep the updates. It's like, you know, you got to do it, you know, or just yeah, if you never run on the internet, but it, those people are not they're you not can running totally their updates update your system their without a Microsoft account. <laughs> oh yeah, you can. So, I I would hope that sticks around, but I just I just think that like to me it's more important that you get updates. Uh, Elena Elena is in the chat and would like to point out that excuse oh, her really? she, she gets uh, excuse you Gordon she she gets the free educational discount okay so <laughs> free <laughs> the, if you, if your time is free yes going to a night class so you can buy Windows for low cost is free yes just, just saying she's not going in some back alley it's you know it's educational discount it's it's all legit. She's like in the back of the class with the sunglasses on. She's like, uh, I need to find your teacher just so I can ask your teacher to ask you more questions. <laughs> what year was the was the War of eighteen twelve in uh, Miss Yi? Huh? Hi, hi. Huh? Uh, sorry. Well, uh, to your earlier point, Gordon, we ha we have a lot of questions about security and these requirements. Uh, hopefully, we'll hear back from from Microsoft about those. But more importantly, uh, we're here to answer some questions of people in the chat. So let's uh, let's go sure. over to the viewer Q and A section. Uh, we'll answer a couple of them. We we've been going on a little long here, and I'm hungry. Uh, but uh, if you have a question, I'm riled up, yeah, get him in the chat right now. Brad's <laughs> riled up; he's ready to answer. Get him in the chat. Tag me at PC World, please. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, go over to our Discord. There's a full nerd question section. Uh, that's kind of the easy way to get questions answered. Uh, this is from the uh, Discord questions uh, that were put in. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Sorry, uh, Vegetable Stew uh, just posted today about EVGA going Ryzen. What is going on here? Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but they 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 teased uh, EVGA black uh, motherboards for wow. Ryzen. Wow! So what? what wow, that's huge. Yeah, what's up? What's up with that? Why is that huge? Because EVGA well, is very much an Intel motherboard manufacturer, and that just speaks to where Ryzen is at these days. Yeah, there's, and you know they are they are a very very small fish compared to the big motherboard vendors so they're very high end in a lot of ways very boutique and it just shows you the gravity of Ryzen it's like having Razer which has always been an Intel shop doing Ryzen Razer laptops so that's just the gravity well for Ryzen has just been amazing right hmm. okay yeah that's uh, big news we'll, we'll we'll see what comes out of that uh Cause MC, uh, who's actually been uh, deployed for a bit, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's uh, he's back and he's safe. Uh, getting ready to finally update my workstation from a 1900x, or I'm sorry, 1800x. I, th I think that's what you're on, Brad. Uh, already have the X570 motherboard. Question of a 3900x or a 5900x? They do 3D modeling, code, and game development. Also, uh, that they want to let Gordon know they are using a, a 1080 Ti. Oh yeah, so it's you know way better than any of the uh, hardware ray tracing stuff. I would I would in my fifty nine hundred X's are starting to show up again. I saw a fifty nine hundred X on Amazon for about three hours. So I mean, I don't mean one, but it was available for about three hours. So it's starting to show back up. Uh, I would I just I think fifty nine hundred X is definitely a better chip if if since you're spending it's not like a thirty nine hundred is cheap. So I would. For me, I would go the distance for the 5900X. Yeah. 
I think the 3900X would still get the job done, but especially because he mentioned game development, that probably means you're playing games, testing games, stuff like that, and 5900X is so much better for games. Okay. Cool. Uh, here's one from uh, another one from Vegetables, too, uh, that pertains to, to you guys. Uh, Windows 10 is uh, pretty resilient in their experience when the OS drive is moved between systems. Uh, not recommended, but it can be done. Uh, as PC hardware reviewers, do you have any idea if there'll be any difficulty reviewing hardware on Windows 11 in terms of using a single OS drive for testing? Uh, but I, I don't I don't believe you do that, right? No. I always install a... It's it's a clean install to that machine. It, you should not be moving an OS drive if you're doing testing where where you care about the results and you want to tell other people. I think if you're just kind of messing around, screwing around, that's probably fine. I mean, we've all done it, right? So that's just messing around, though. But if you're doing this actually to try to legitimately get a feel for the hardware, you should be doing a clean install to that hardware. I do think it'll probably still work, assuming there's no more weirdness with TPM requirements and all the stuff we just spent forever yelling about. Uh, but yeah, so like when you install Windows, it like looks at the hardware that you're installing it onto and figures itself all out to that. You, might, you guys might remember this talk from the early AMD days. Uh, Robert Halleck was talking about uh, who works for AMD's t- technical marketing, I believe. Uh, was talking about how you can't just reuse your Intel SSD inside of an AMD system because when you installed Windows on this four-core Intel chip, like it's built around being on a four-core Intel chip. The results won't be 100% what you would expect if you suddenly start using the A-core Ryzen chip with it. Uh, it's the same kind of a deal. If you're, if you're looking for like strict, reliable results, you always want to clean install. Like Gordon said, you know, it'll work functionally just fine, would be my guess. Yes. Yes, all good points. Uh, we have some uh, from YouTube that I'm going to get to. Uh, uh, Kamikaze13 asks, uh, is TPM the advent of hardware DRM? Toilet paper modules. <laughs> I, I don't... I, I, this is... Yeah, I'm sure it can be applied to a, a DRM somewhere in the guts of it, but I, this is purely a, a way to secure the system. Because you have you have a you have a known point of reference that can't ever be changed, that the operating system can always look to the the motherboard can always look to as sort of the north star, you know. Because you think about it, if you're coming in to screw with the hardware and you basically move the north star over, you think that's the direction to go in. So TPM is just part of that, you know, secure chain in, in a in a in a PC. That I I know people are super paranoid. I think I saw. TPMs are to use to spy on us, but come on, it's not. It's just it's just one more security method. Uh, okay. Uh, actually, and, and I did get into this uh, in the interview to tomorrow, but uh, that supposedly I can't remember which system it was, but uh, Mike said that there is a system that when it turns on, it does. Uh, when you turn it on, there's a little pop up that says, "Hey, listen, this is a module." provided by us uh so you are having to agree that you trust that that we are keeping your your system safe and not not uh invading your privacy so it's still based off trust in in a way so uh and they were like hey good 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 on you for for at least putting that out there i can't remember the company but yeah off the top of my head 
here's uh, an, interesting, an interesting one from uh, Weedabix. Uh, I've tried Weedabix. It's actually pretty good. Uh, one, thing that, uh, one thing about the Microsoft account is uh, when TPM uh, security is mandatory, then BitLocker key needs to be backed up somewhere. Uh, just today I installed Ubuntu for a Lenovo laptop and Windows 10 went berserk and locked it with BitLocker. Since I logged in with the uh, Microsoft account, that key was in the Microsoft account and I was able to decrypt and open BitLocker and start Windows. So there are good things. There are good things about it. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, So it definitely, if you're into security, it's, it's a nice feature. I have a, a corporate laptop here, and it's is definitely way more locked down than a standard uh, consumer PC. Z five thirty asks, uh, "What billion dollar company can create a new OS to challenge Windows? Who who would you like to create a new Epic. OS? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't even. Well, I mean, that's Linux right now. I mean, there's various <laughs> flavors of it. So, I mean, if there's plenty of alternatives to Windows if you want to go to Linux route. So. Um... You know, or you could go with a Mac if you like to, or if you want to spend some extra money and do that. So, um, no, we're not going to see any alternatives to Windows, but there are choices to choose from if you don't want to go that route with Windows 11. So, and to channel Peter Jansen for a second, uh, if you do, if this does upset you and you do decide you want to try Linux, uh, like they have really easy, clean, uh, live install CDs, you can try them out. And gaming on Linux, especially thanks to Valve's uh, and Steam's Proton initiative, has gotten a lot, lot, lot better over the last, you know, two or three years. They can run a lot of Windows games that haven't been compiled for Linux. Like, you, a lot of Windows games just work. A lot still have issues, but it's a lot better than it was. So if you get all, you know, freaked out over this, try one of those Linux Live CDs. See what's going on. See if you like it. Why not? It's free. Water's fine. Try it out. Yep. <laughs> somebody said somebody in the chat, uh, th- th- Thar- Tharaka said uh, Fortnite OS incoming. <laughs> you, you're, you know, you're flossing man, on your OS. You know skins that would have. Well, you think about it, Steam OS, you know, obviously, you know, Valve backed down on Steam Machines and Steam OS because Microsoft did not lock out Win32 Steam. Steam OS is still going, man. They just. It's still they there. Just, right? They always have to have an out, right? They're talking about uh, Steam handheld. Have you seen the rumors for that for later this year? And the rumors are that that will be running Steam OS. So, oh, interesting. Steam Pad, I goes. think, is the code name. Yeah. yeah. No, but all these companies they always have to have an escape hatch, and that that was that was Valve's escape hatch. So, when is Fortnite going to run out of things to put in the game? I mean, right now, I mean, it seems like every pop culture person in the world has been in that thing. I mean, that's what, like next year we're going to see like Huckleberry Finn. I mean, come on. I mean, it just seems like <laughs> good lord. It's just I, I like the idea of like they have like an epic hello webcam to log on to Fortnite OS. You got to do the loser dance to log into your PC. <laughs> oh goodness! You know, I I wonder when it all ends. I know right. that's what I'm wondering because it does right. We've seen this. There's no game that has lasted forever. I don't know. Minecraft. Minecraft coming damn close. <laughs> yeah. Minecraft, Minecraft is probably the longest running. It's like The Simpsons, but we all know one day. Oh, we haven't, we haven't seen The Simpsons. In, we haven't seen The Simpsons in, in Fortnite, have we? I bet that's <laughs> there coming. There you go. That's coming. I bet that's coming. Huh. <laughs> uh, okay. I will uh, say, though, Minecraft is forever, but my kids don't really play it anymore so mine play it daily and they're bugging me to get an account to play with them daily as well yep uh okay a couple more fun ones uh, then we'll get out of here uh vc gesture has a good one uh what island 
uh, Mac Island or PC Island has better uh, pina coladas. Oh, well, of course, the PC Island. And the easy answer to that is you can you can tell the bartender you want a pina colada with this or that or that. You get choice, freedom, different things. Although now you have to have a TPM umbrella in it. Besides that, though, you get choices. <laughs> See, I was going to say... I was going to say Mac Island, the pina colada is going to taste damn good, but hopefully you like it because it's the only one you can buy off the menu. Or what it will be is it's not actually a pina colada. It's just simply what they call a pina colada. But you still say, because you're on Mac Island, that that is the best I've ever had. <laughs> uh, it's uh, another robot stabber says, now that Windows is leaving everyone behind, what Linux distro is Gordon switching to? Boy, I don't know. You know, I you know I know everybody, and that's the thing. That's why I know that all the Linux threats are empty. Probably Linux Mint would be the one I would check out. Right, everybody's easy. I, it's just I one of those things me. where I I still think they can go. Just well, look, we're going to do Windows Ten. We'll give it an extended life cycle, right? Because eventually, I will say I got to dump the Sandy Bridge box. So if that gets me there, then I I expect that to happen. Actually. Like, yeah. I would be shocked if they didn't extend the lifespan of Windows 10, because otherwise it's going to be like Windows 7 and Windows XP all over again. There are going to be tons of zombie PCs or whatever. Well, uh, people who aren't going to upgrade their old box, like, it's the one in the kitchen. Like, I bought that thing for $500, I'm not. It works. I'm not going to upgrade it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a, uh, a spectrum, I guess is the word, or band of PCs that aren't officially supported but will run it. Um, that seems probably the way that they're going to go. They're just going to go, hey, something happens, eh, it's on you. But yeah, sure, it'll run. So. Yeah, and then also, let's let's be honest, when they finally turned the lights off on Windows 7, did you see an uptick of Linux installs or did you see a bigger uptick of Windows 10 mm. you know, purchases? And frankly, it spurred a lot of Windows 10 sales, so not I mean, Linux sales. 2025 gives enough time if people want to go that route to, to save up some money to start planning in the future i mean you know the pc make, makers are going to make it easy for them the board makers are going to try to do everything they can to help them out so you know 2025 is a, is a long time the question of course is just whether those windows 10 users are going to get all the cool features that windows 11 users get and you know microsoft is is pretty good at trying to get people hooked on uh subscriptions and new things like that so you know it's it's hard to say yeah that to me that like that if they really and the thing that with the, the loudest crowd is the gaming crowd yeah. if you do not get direct storage on windows 10 and they say right. do windows 11 um, and you have essentially a one of those sort of like left behind cpus you are just going to be radioactive hot so i think that's that would be a mistake yeah. Yeah. but again i know reality is and this is not a diss on Linux. The reality is these people will scream and they'll flip things over and bust their keyboards and they will go out and they will buy a new Windows machine. That's just the way of the world. So, uh, All right. Uh, two more. This one's really fun and actually sparked some debate that I didn't realize people knew. Dennis Siberian is asking, uh, since July 4th is getting close, what is your favorite American style of barbecue? And supposedly there's some people in the chat uh, who had no idea that there was different kinds of barbecue. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's interesting. So we're talking about like St. Louis versus Carolina versus Texas. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, things oh. like that. Yeah, 
So okay. do, you, do you guys? Oh, we're talking real, real barbecue. Who makes the best barbecue? barbecue? Yeah. What's your favorite? Well, I, and what, and what I, makes it different? Also, to explain to people who don't realize. Well, see, the thing is, the only barbecue place. So we have all of the good barbecue places are gone. So it's all of these hip places. It's still pretty what? good, but I eat. I eat in my memory. So the very best barbecue I've ever had in my life was this place called Flint's. And it was just this little hole in the wall barbecue place. And the, the barbecue was spectacular. And they, one of the reasons is they never cleaned it and the place was disgusting. But I think that's where you get that sort of baked on barbecue flavor. And then one day, eventually all that, that built up barbecue in, in the oven just lit on fire and it burned the whole place down. So. That is the, yeah, that is the best barbecue. So I dated somebody from Texas uh, a long time ago before I married my uh, different person, my wife. And so uh, I'm sort of partial to Texas barbecue. So two places in in, in Austin that you want to go to are there's Rudy's, which is a chain. But then if you really want a good barbecue, you go outside the town to the county line. And the county line is like, you know, it reminded me the first time I went there of like the, uh, you know, the drive through and the, the Flintstones where he gets, you know, a slab of brontosaurus ribs put on the tray on the table and so forth. But, uh, you know, I went to uh, my actually my cousin, my wife's cousin's wedding. Uh, or actually, I should say they are uh, their pre-wedding, not a, not a groomsman's dinner, I guess is what it's called. Uh, they held that at County Line, too. And uh, oh, I mean, that's just the just the, just the way to go. Texas brisket and the ribs and so forth. So, I mean, here in the Bay Area, we'll go with we have our own, uh, you know, sort of East Bay barbecue. Um, I go to Vallejo for mine. Um, but I know Gordon lives in the East Bay and the Oakland side of things. But uh, for me, it's always been Texas. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Well, I'm sorry, I want to hear Brad's answer, but I, I'm with you, Brad. Uh, Mark, we just suck. Texas kicks our ass for te- for for barbecue. Yeah, that's some great stuff. I live in New England, and it's even more bleak up here. Uh, I grew up in Florida, uh, which is kind of like a melting pot, though. So you can get all kinds of barbecue. And honestly, I'm just a fat dude who likes meat, and I will take any barbecue that's put in front of me. Brad, I, I want to know what what the hell is New England barbecue? I mean, I know Bay Area barbecue is it's embarrassing next to Texas, but like, what is that? Like a meatloaf that somebody put some sauce on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, roughly, roughly. There, are, I found one good barbecue place in this state. There are a handful of them there's only one good one so it's it's bleak uh yeah uh, and and i'm i'm with mark uh i i lived in austin for a hot second and rudy's was definitely my favorite my second was salt lick uh i like the salt lick a lot oh yeah that was uh, salt lick too that's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah i for me and a lot of people don't realize the difference uh for for like an austin style or texas style uh is that it's 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 dry uh rubbed you know they they don't slather it with barbecue sauce like so, somewhere like kansas is all about the sauce and the meat is almost kind of secondary in my mind where i like barbecue where the meat is is front and center don't slather it with sauce i want to be able to taste the meat that is that is my yeah, preference same. Uh, so, so yeah. my wife, Oh, go ahead. Sorry to be oh, My wife gonna... is from Mobile, Alabama. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, we went there. That's where I got married was in Mobile and they, uh, my mother-in-law lives, uh, uh, downtown and just about two blocks away from her. When I discovered I was just, you know, I had to go out for an errand. There was an all you can eat barbecue place. And then there was a, uh, uh, we don't have too many of these in the Bay area. We have a drive through wings place. So I was just like, we went to the, all you can eat 
barbecue place and i'm just like okay all right that's why everyone in alabama is a pretty big person because man if you <laughs> oh you can <laughs> you know you can just sit down and just take that stuff away i mean it was ribs it was brisket it was everything chicken the whole work so it's just like man i would just be so bad <laughs> if i lived here so it so would good. lose some money on me yeah sure absolutely yeah but that does that does fall into my only northern only southern southerners know how to make good food yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, on on Discord, I'll I'll uh, uh, if if you hop in Discord in the in the food chat, uh, uh, VC Jester actually did make a list of all the really good northern food. I think you'll like some of those. Uh, not not saying it's better, but there is still some some good northern options. I will also say that uh, for for Texas style barbecue, I have looked a lot of places in the East Bay. There's actually one place in Berkeley called smoke that gets pretty damn close. Yeah. Like, you know, if I'm ever in craving, uh, Texas style barbecue, I I go to smoke. I mean, it's not, it's not anywhere near it, but it's close enough, uh, that I found in, in, in the, in the Bay area. So yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Yeah. There's actually a really good place out near, uh, Richmond. That's like right on the water. It's like this little bohemian thing, and it's 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 pretty good. But oh, is that the place that was in the paper? It had like, yeah. like all the art statues around it. Yeah, so, now I ruined it. Thank thank you, Chronicle, for putting in the paper so that everybody goes there. Now everybody, everybody, you know, there's no way you can get in there now. So <laughs> ah, yeah, I mean, but in, in general, yeah, no Texas barbecue for me is definitely <laughs> I because you know going down to visit AMD like on Dell, it's like whoa. Yeah what's, exactly. yeah. what's up with this? Why can't we do the same good barbecue in the Bay Area? I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, well, uh, so last question. Yeah, barbecue. Now I'm really hungry. God damn it. Let's, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, last question is uh, Cause MC uh, uh, puts it out there that, Gordon, if, if Microsoft doesn't walk back uh, the the requirements for the, the security stuff, you will have to buy an Xbox and game on that for a year. And if and if they if they uh, if they don't if they hold true, I will only uh, game on mouse and keyboard uh, on the PC for a year. Oh, I see. What, what do you think, Gordon? Will you take that? There, bet? I. <laughs> Is that Elena that's making that bet? <laughs> no, because I don't want to buy an Xbox. I, I just, I mean, I would just no. I, I can't I buy know. an Xbox. I, I I can feel it in my bones that they. You know, oh, well, there's no then, reason. But then you're not going to lose. Why, why don't you take the bet? If you know they're not going to, then it doesn't matter. You can bet whatever. Yeah, because I, yeah, no, I'm, but I'm not going to buy an Xbox. Because if I said I'd buy an Xbox, then I have to buy <laughs> Well, the you don't have Xbox. to. They're not going to walk it back. You just said. Yeah, but, you know, there's never. Don't fall for it, Gordon. <laughs> I'm not going to fall for it, but I just, man, you know, I just think like the to get, to put this out there, you know what? Microsoft is not dumb, right? They did not put this out there just to get punched in the face by, you know, 150 million PC owners, right? This was a trial balloon, you know? I, I just don't, I think, you know, they just want to see what would happen. I, but I just think, no, we gotta, they're gonna do it. All right. Well, everybody needs to tweet at Gordon, uh, your ideas for bets he, <laughs> he can, he and I can take because we, I think we're both planning our flag. I'm, I'm willing to bet whatever because I don't care. Do you, you want me to buy a, a Ferrari? <laughs> sure. Whatever. Cause I know they're going to. Oh, wait, back. wait. You mean if we buy it and I can expense it? That's, that's one other <laughs> thing, but no. Bias barbecue. Uh, ooh, bias oh, barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. Well, th- then we all win. Uh, anyway, let's, let's get out of here, Gordon. <laughs> 
So check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, and please leave us a review every time you do. Potentially someone moves to California that actually knows how to make good barbecue from the South. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Stay cool, y'all. Mark Hockman. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Thank you, everybody in the chat. This was awesome. And also thank you to uh, AMD and Radeon Boost for sponsoring the episode. We will catch you guys next time. Bye.